Welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Breaking Wax Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 8. I'm stoked to have the two fit guys on the podcast today. Not that they're fit guys, but that's the podcast. Uh, we got Manny from uh, Manny Cards and Jeremy from Reckless Cards. What's up, guys? Hey, thank you for having us, man. It's uh, This is my second time uh, being graced with your presence, so I am truly humbled on this particular evening. Uh, I wasn't uh, – that wasn't a planned intro, by the way. It just kind of came out. <laughs> hey, I love it. The two thick boys. <laughs> We call each other we call each other thick thick boys to to each other. So it's all right. I, I mean, I think I think Jeremy and I are probably similar size. How tall are you? I'm six four. Okay, I'm six five. Just yeah. one inch, just one inch taller. And then I'm like two two sixty five, two seventy five, depending on the day. Uh, I'm like two seventy five right now. I'm like running heavy, but like the goal would be prior to Christmas time to be back in that like two thirty, two thirty five. If I dip below two thirty, people think I'm dying and I have cancer. <laughs> like that, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, only, the only good thing about being our size, I'm sure it's the same for you, is the weight comes on and off pretty quick. Easy. You just got to commit. You just got to commit. Yeah. I'm, I'm always one seventy five hard away from being like I'm ready for shred season. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my closet is set up in a way where I've got like I feel good about myself. And I've got like uh, maybe too many adult beverages and I'm eating too good, living the good life and like no in between. So when I start on the left side, of the, when I have to go deeper into the closet, I'm like, oh, we're getting out of control. Time to get it back, bud. So for me, uh, so my mother's Korean. I'm half Korean, right? And uh, the older I get, I'm turning into like this old Asian man, like bread, carbs, like gluten. It's just starting to tear me up. And there's nothing more that I love than pizza and beer on a friday night so it sucks but it is what it is i'm right there with you we have we have four kids and like going to dairy queen and getting ice cream is a big deal and i would look forward to a blizzard i no longer get a blizzard otherwise i wake up in the middle of the night with the worst stomach ache yeah i disappear i retire to the 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 quarters for 20 minutes so i i feel you on that man oh man lifestyle that thick lifestyle for sure. I, thick lifestyle. Man, I like uh, if I go to Dairy Queen, I get the cheesecake and banana pudding mixed into a blizzard. That's what I get. <laughs> and they, they did the drumstick where they have the like the, the the waffle cone or the sugar cone of the drumstick with the little chocolate. That was that was it right there. But uh, Damn, I, I, I learned my lesson, man. I can't mess with that anymore. No, no, it sucks. Getting older, it's not. It hasn't been bad. Like. Uh, I don't feel any different, to be honest, than when I was like 21. Um, but there are certain things you start to notice as you get older. So, Manny, how old are you? I'm 30. Okay, so you're, you're yeah. <laughs> no, I'm already, I'm already feeling. It. We got, we got years on you, or at least yeah. I do. So. It's, it's, it's a problem. Like we were just up in Traverse City, Jeremy and I, and we had the thick lifestyle. We, uh, <laughs> the night before the card show, we were at, uh, we were going bar hopping, like we were 21 eating chili dogs and burgers and it didn't sit well with me <laughs> it was like I, that. the next day i felt like crap i i can't drink during the week anymore that's one thing that has changed <laughs> i'm i'm like ruined i cannot do it at all so <clears throat> i'm glad to have you guys on so i i admitted to this to jeremy before he came on manny earlier i didn't realize jeremy was the other host for some reason i thought he was a guest on your podcast <laughs> so when you're like i got to check with jeremy last week and i was like who's he talking about and then today I, it like all came together. I was like, Oh shit, that's Jeremy from reckless. Yep. 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 So how did, how did the podcast come about? So 
Um, we met actually through uh, Lucas Tigers LeBron's. I was actually um, one of their content guys um, for a year. And Jeremy, being a supporter of the podcast, one of the big supporters, I got to know the Reckless family. They Cage would always talk about how he loved the Reckless family. And I would, I was interested in their content. And then one day they asked me to be on Hobby Night School. And it was uh, about um, running um, social media, right? Mm -hmm. uh, social media was like the topic. And we kind of hit it off from there. We were just joking, having a like a blast on that hour. And then they started to do whatnot. And Jeremy was breaking, like giving away. This is how like kind-hearted Jeremy is and Courtney. They're giving away a whole hobby box pack by pack to people. And it's wrestling. Wow. And they pull they pull like uh, Otis and Dewdrop, which are kind of thicker people. Um, and we're like, man, that's thick. And he Jeremy start calling Ma uh, Otis Manny. So I, he was like, look at Manny. This is Manny. And it's a bigger guy. And I was like, yeah, I'm thick. You're thick. And then we're like, we need to start a podcast and we'll just call it, you know, too thick since we call each other thick all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was, uh, we were talking about this before we went live is I, I'm an older guy. I'm not a young pup like Manny. I've got four kids and, you know, my inner circle is, is very small. There's like certain characteristics I look for in a human being before I'm going to open up and, uh, you know, Manny's a family man. He's a working professional. Uh, his motives, his ethics, all that stuff fall in line. And it just so happened that we both live in Michigan. And since I relocated from Chicago to Michigan, I haven't exactly made a lot of friends because my, you know, my, my focus has been on my day job, you know, growing right. my career, making sure my family, I've got little ones being, being a father and a husband. Uh, and it just so happened that to me, it's like the stars aligned to, you know, have somebody that you can hang out with, have a good time. And then also just discuss all things hobby and keep it light without any ulterior motives. And let, let's be honest, my wife was tired of me talking sports cards on a daily basis to her um, after I left Lucas. And she was like, you need to go find a friend. And I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to bug Jeremy every day. So and attach myself to him like a, like a little tumor. So that's my I'm a tumor to Jeremy right now. So how, how long have you guys been doing your podcast? We're about 16, 17 episodes in. We're nice. recording on a weekly basis. We're going to up it to twice a week or maybe three times every two weeks, depending on what's going on. You know, you can easily overdo it. And I don't, the last thing we want to do is just put out an hour of dead air or an hour of, of bullshit, excuse right. my language. But it, no, you know, no. if somebody tunes in, I want them to know that like, hey, we're going to learn something about the hobby or they're going to share an experience, whether it's good, bad, ugly, we're going to, they're going to poke fun at it. And there's going to be some sort of value where after half hour, hour of listening, you'll be like, man, those guys are funny or they're idiots, but I appreciate right. the candor. Or, hey, they shared something that was cool and I can apply it to my hobby experience. Yeah, I, maybe with two two people, it wouldn't be as bad. But I know for me, like when I'm doing two a week, it gets like old. Like I kind of feel like maybe I don't have enough to talk about or I guess you just kind of hope something's going on. Um, but, you know, it's just me. Unless you have a really good rapport like I do with you guys, then it's easy conversation, you know what I mean? But I, I just for me, it was a lot to do twice a week. I'll do twice a week um, if it comes about, but I'm trying to just stick to once a week personally. But more power to you guys. Are you guys going to try to do like shorter segments or just try to keep it like an hour long and then do shorter segments in between? There's times where we've gone an hour and a half and we, have, we could have easily gone two, three hours just because the conversation of what we're talking about is interesting to us. Right. And it can go on. But as you're trying to build an audience, 
it's really difficult to grab somebody and be like, hey, here's your introduction to us. Here's two hours where you might not understand right. all the all the jokes that have already been laid out or, you know, our rapport. And so we are going to, by design, going to do some shorter episodes just to help uh, gather attention. Well, so I just learned something there. I never thought about people um, catching on to my humor or jokes in the past. And I, I don't know. I just don't think about that stuff, but maybe mm-hmm. I should. Um, man, that's awesome. So what, Manny, you were on the Luca Tigers. I remember that because mm-hmm. your screen name was different before, right? Yep. It was uh, Manny being Manny. And I had like my own, I started to get into the like actual like screen. Um, I was doing uh, an auction, a weekly auction show for a little bit. Um, I was also doing like an overreaction kind of a comedy skit with uh, Cage. Um, we were trying to do it whenever we can. And I, I actually enjoyed like doing this. I was like, man, yeah, I like clipping and learning how to clip videos and put out posts. But I actually, I think I would enjoy like being in front of the camera talking to right. people. I don't know much. Like I'm newer to the hobby. I I was a, like normal kid, you know, 20, like when I was a kid, I was collecting Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, baseball cards. Um, and then when the card boom hit, I was like, I want to get into it again. Um, just because I collected as a kid. So I don't know like the market dip. I can't give you advice on that, but I could give you laughs and my experiences of me learning to get into like the experiences that you guys have. Um, and I like to tell my fails. I fail. I lose money all the time. Yep. Uh, and I, yeah. I mean, I like to tell people that cause it's not all about winning and everyone's talking about winning you got to have some outlet of someone being like, nope, I lost. I was buying second year Lucas when they were like 40 bucks a piece uh, base cards. And now they're like, what, a dollar a piece? And I bought like probably like three to 400 of them. Oh, my gosh. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big uh, turnaround. Not in the right direction, <laughs> I would say. Um, so how did the Luca Tigers thing come about? They asked you to be on and then. So I was listening to their podcast um, one day. I was trying to find like content. I love to listen to like podcasts I'm, when I'm working out or working. And when the boom hit, I was like, I need to find some sports card podcast. And there's a there are daily podcast. So I was like, let me listen. And I actually enjoyed like like Cage giving like some of their like he was experienced in the hobby as someone I can learn from. And then one day I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna ask. What's, what's the point of asking? So I DM'd him and right. I said, I don't know anything about, I'm an electrical engineer. I don't know how to clip. I don't know how to do Instagram, like algorithms. I don't know how to do like posts. Me neither. So I was like, but I want to learn. So if you want to have me on, on the team, I can learn with you guys. And then you'll have someone to actually help with your content. And they brought me on um, probably like right before um, the national in Chicago. And I've been on since I was on until like July, mid July, like a whole year. So July. Of okay. That's cool. Yeah. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know how they do it. Like, I don't know how they put out the, I think it's daily, right? They do it daily. Yeah, they do a daily. They have a, uh, they try to keep it to 30. I know um, Andrew does it. Um, this is what he, he does for a living. Cage is a lawyer. Basically Andrew does all the back work and then Cage being like, knowledgeable he doesn't have to prep or anything he just comes out and talks right. for an hour it's like having a phone call i'm talking to jeremy every day bugging him we probably could just if we just recorded it it's that's their content pretty i much. got you yeah cage is uh he's very knowledgeable um and he has a ton of experience at least that's what you hear you know when you're listening mm-hmm. to podcasts. podcast he's 
he's coming on Tuesday. I'm kind of, I'm excited to have him on. Um, mm-hmm. Do the little verbal judo with him for like an hour um, and kind of pick his brain a little bit. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so what are you guys? Sorry, too. Also, you said Thursday, and then like all day today, I was like Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. And then at dinner tonight, I was like, oh shit, football's on tonight. I hope they still want to record. <laughs> and then I was, and then I was like, well, wait a minute, it's not my bad, it's his bad. He said Thursday, and I yeah. I, well, I felt bad because you asked last week, and we had, uh, you know, we were just talking about we're trying to get into two podcasts a week, and we had we were on someone else's podcast, and we, we did our own podcast, and that was like our two a week. And like we, he was Jeremy was saying, we have kids and all that. We're like, man. We want to get on this episode, but we want to come on your show. But when do we have time? And we're right, like, right, right. we got to push it back to next week. So I did feel bad that I had to push it back, but I'm glad we're on. No, it's all good. Um, so, I like, think it's noting too, like giving Lucas their their uh, props because you know I've got four kids, Manny's got two, so we're, we're fielding you know six basketball players, right? You got your starting five, and then one coming off the bench. To be able to do this on a daily basis, whether you record a few and then keep them in the in the hopper to put out, it takes serious, serious damn commitment because just when you think everything's good, a kid gets sick. COVID oh, yeah. happens, work happens, you go out of town. And so, hell, there was one day where I was excited. I was like in a hotel. I'm at like my Marriott, <laughs> premium internet, and I could not, I, we couldn't record. And it was so maddening because I'm like, just got off a flight. Everything's good. We're going to really get a second episode in this week. And, you know, technology was having none of me. <laughs> you were so bad that day. That was the first time I seen Jeremy bad. You could tell in his face, like, he was like, I, I, was like, I, I, I don't understand the, the hotel Wi-Fi either. Like, that's, I had a similar problem, but this was like a, a billion dollar work project. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't send out these reports I had to send out, like, they were word docs and I was like, what is wrong with this Wi-Fi at this hotel? Like it was driving me nuts. I think I had to drive to a Starbucks. Dude, I am status. I paid, like, even though it comes for free, I'm like, hey, here's my credit, here's my Amex. Right. Charge me whatever. I'm golden. I'm all set up. I've got my Fiji. I've got my Starbucks. I'm bougie as can be. I'm like, kids that are gonna make noise. Let's go, Manny. I'm committed. because uh, oftentimes if we have to adjust, it's on account of me. And uh, we kept logging on. We would start to record. My face would become all pixelated. He couldn't hear me. And then finally, I was just like, I, I, I work really hard. I came from nothing. I work really hard. And when I pay for something, I just want it to work, man. Yep, 100%. That's all. That is it. 100%. It's, uh... <clears throat> yeah, it's tough, man. Like, uh, I'm in the same situation. Like, my dad was in the Army. Um you know, I've mentioned on here, I'm, I'm in the military, right? So, like, I enlisted first, went to OCS. I'm an officer now. And then, like, I have a couple of businesses popping up here and there. And I'm, I'm retiring next year from the military. So, I'm excited. But I'm the same way. Like, if I'm going to pay for something, I just want it to work and to, like, do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And the hotel Wi-Fi, same. I'm the same. I have statuses from travel and everything. And, like, I don't know why it doesn't work. It's crazy. Thank you for your service and congratulations on retirement. That is, that is pretty damn sweet. And you know, what's funny is because we just went through where we, we, we paid for my wife's Pacifica. It's not a minivan. It's a Pacifica apparently. And uh, something went out on it. So we took it in and I'm like, I am not a mechanic. I don't care the cost. I just, I want my wife and kids to commute safely. Right. Here you go, Mr. Reckline, you're good. And then like a week later, she went out to Chicago and on a Sunday night at like eight o'clock, 
it broke down. So I had to drive in. I like picked her up, got back like four or five in the morning, ends up being the transmission. So it's like 10 K out of pocket. We bought a brand new refrigerator and like, you know, like we've got a family of six. So you go grocery shopping. It's like three, 400 bucks. Come home one day. And I'm like, that was that smell. <laughs> brand new refrigerator crapped out. Oh and like Home Depot was like, oops, oops. And I'm like, what the hell? And so we were sitting there that night and I was like, in our sunroom and we were like smoking some chicken and i'm like you know what we've had this traeger for like three years and it hasn't gone above and beyond but the fact that it's done what it's supposed to it is like the favorite thing in the house that i have because everything else falls short mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like that stuff does irk me because you know humble beginnings man i just wow. do your job yeah 100 yeah, so real quick with the traeger if it's still under warranty or about to expire go to customer service you can IM them. You can literally IM them any issues you're having, whether any piece of the, the, the grill or the smoker, they'll send you replacement pieces for free. Like, right, like anything. So if something's rusting, and it's like no questions asked. The worst they'll say is like, can you just send us a picture? And they're like, yep, looks good. We'll send you the replacement piece. So I love it. I've got nothing to complain about. You, know, you shop back it and clean it out like once in a while and yep. it does its job. We gotta get Manny one. I know I need to get one. We, you, we work the shit out of ours. We beat that thing senseless. That thing's always working. No days off for the trigger. I need to get one. You guys are making me hungry too. But the, the internet situation. The internet situation. You should ask. You were you at the national? No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't go. So I uh, had a pretty major knee surgery over the summer. I had a knee replacement actually, oh, wow. and then. Um, then the week of the national, I, I could have went that weekend, but I had training I had to go to that I forgot oh, yeah. I signed up for. And uh, but then uh, Brandon, Bobby, Two Chens, and like Vadim, those guys weren't staying the weekend, so I was like, well, I'm not driving up there to hang out by myself. So <laughs> I ended up I ended up not going, you know, because I I think we talked about it, Jeremy, when you guys were on. But like I I personally hate card shows. Um, okay. If there, if I'm going there, my friends or like if I was meeting you guys there and I was gonna like hang out at your table and shoot the shit and hang out for the day, that's fine. But sitting behind the table all day by myself, and there's no way. I'm like too much of an extrovert that I can't do it. Yeah. Um, I was listening when you guys were talking to trees. Like I'm, I'm that guy. Like every single person that walks by, I'm like, hey, how's it going? Yep. <laughs> like trying to talk to everybody. Like, Please talk to me, someone. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. You know. And my, and you know, you have a teenage daughter, right? So like my daughter's 17, and she just sits there on her phone, like not trying to talk to me or anyone. And I'm like, this sucks. I don't know why I brought you here. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, the bougie, the inner bougie of Jeremy came out because the internet wasn't working, and then none of the restaurants were open when we were trying to eat. It was the like the best moment was the worst moment at that time of the national, but it's like the most memorable moment. We were all we were trying to eat, and there's no internet in the anywhere in Atlantic City, pretty much. Couldn't find a place to eat for like three hours. We end up eating. We're adults with no kids eating at rainforest cafe we're walking we're, we're walking down a broad the animals <laughs> pretty much and then you have birds attacking jeremy <laughs> it was the best it was the best but jeremy, and, and, and while we were at rainforest cafe because like as everybody was getting further and further away from the convention center looking for a restaurant that didn't have a 90 minute wait like they were becoming overwhelmed so like waiters and bussers were upping and quitting on the spot so like you're walking into a restaurant where we sat in the bar area so we could sit down, but every single table had meals from God knows how long, just just absolutely sitting there. <laughs> Atlantic City is 
such a shithole. Like, I can only think that the or the people that organize it were just like, oh, this goes hand in hand. Cards, gambling, people want to spend money on outrageous stuff. This will be perfect. But like, has anyone ever been there? Like, have you guys ever been to Atlantic City before that? Nope. I'm never going back. <laughs> no. Ever put Atlantic City in the same sentence as Las Vegas needs to be taken out back and uh, old yellered. Oh man, my I almost my wife. I was like, "Hey, you want to go to Atlantic City this weekend?" She was like, "No," and then she like <laughs> thought about it. And she's like, "Why?" And I was like, "Well, the card show." She was like, "Double no, like hell no." I'm not going to Atlantic City. I don't want to go there. Period. I definitely want to go mind. see, hang out with your boys, looking at baseball cards all weekend. And I was like, eh, "Point taken." So I tried, but yeah, Atlantic City is a shithole. I don't. I, and that was my thing too the whole time. I was like, Brandon, if you don't go, I'm not going. And then he went last minute and whatever. But yeah, what <clears throat> next year is Chicago, right? Yep. So are you guys gonna have a table there, like reckless or too thick, or do you guys know? No, I, I don't think so. Not for not for that show. We'll have a lot of um, you know networking and stuff like that. We are toying with the idea of doing like a smaller trade night, like an intimate setting, yeah. and then renting like a private space for. You know, I don't, I don't quite know what that would be, but like a private space, like invite only, kind of keep it, you know, for for like like for instance, like us, Brandon, people like that, where right. you, know, you can come utilize the space, you know, maybe higher end deals or whatever. But I don't think setting up the national would be for me right now. But you know, got several months, things could change. Well, hopefully, your guys's podcast will blow up, and then you guys can do like an affiliate night with like. PSA or Beckett or whoever it is, you know, you Nike. I don't know. You might as well shoot for the stars. You know what I yeah. mean? Like Derek Jeter, what's his thing? He just started Arena Arena Club. Arena, that's right. So, what do you guys think about Arena and Tag? I think Tag's the other one. So, I asked both if they'll come on my podcast. They both sent me some email. I haven't heard back from whoever their media person is. So, you guys I, like it? I, you know what? I think the the Arena slab does absolutely nothing for me the the trading platform is like i like that idea um but i actually have to see it truly work right and and then the tag thing like the slabs look slick and i like the idea Mm -hmm. behind it and i like all the the um safety stuff that they're doing on the front end from the submission of cards right but look man i went down this path with hga and nobody has stood the test of time. So, you know, I'm rooting for everybody because ultimately I believe the consumer will win if there's more competition, you know. So I'm, uh, I won't, I don't think I'll be sending any of my stuff there. That's just, that's what I'm at now. So, I'll, so I'll tell you guys this. And maybe you want to go down the same avenue with them is like, so if I do get them on the podcast, my plan is to be like, let me send you some cards. I will pay for them because I don't want anyone to say I'm being influenced by you guys. But let me send you some cards that I think would be PSA 10s. You grade them, send them to me. I'll open them on the show, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Cool. And we'll see we'll see what they say. You know what I mean? Um, there was one company, I think it was like Revolution or something. They were all about it. And then once I told them, like, all right, fine, I'll send you cards. You send them to me. I'll open them on the show, and I'll give you my honest feedback of what I think of your product and where I think you nailed it or you fucked up with the grades. You know, it's that simple. Or with, you know, the whole design and everything. And the only person that took me up on it was FCG. So the owner of FCG, he sent me a slab. I didn't get to send him a card. Um, but there's, like, and I asked him about it on the show. So theirs is like a mix of a Beckett label and a PSA slab. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And he kind of, I guess he did answer, but I don't remember what he said. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Like, I think competition is good. And I was actually rooting for HGA, even CSG, but like, they all kind of stumbled out the gate. You know what I mean? Like, I think Beckett stumbled out the gate the most because that was my favorite slab, bar none, like my favorite slab. And then they were just following suit with everything PSA was doing. And then their times were getting worse. I mean, that was like, uh, that was a cheat code for Brandon and I for the longest time was, Pay 35 bucks for five day with BGS and get your cards back and move them if that's what you want to do, right? And then it started turning into months and years. And I don't even know, like BGS kind of dug themselves a hole. So I think the one thing that was unfortunate for them, because I'm a little bit older, so I remember when BGS was king, um, was just a lack of communication. It's one thing, like, right. I, I think we started to understand what was going on. It was, I had some cards and it was, the rep, the response the rep was giving to our group subber was like, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be tolerated at any other business. Like you wouldn't talk to a customer that way and keep your job. And so, you know, it seems like my, I'm getting my cards back because I still, I'm grading thicker stock cards with them. I love right. those grades. And I do believe with their track record, ultimately, like if somebody is going to, you know, give PSA a run for their money, I, I think BGS has the potential. I mean, they're right there. You know what I mean? It's just for me, it seems like the last six months to a year, just the resale value of a PSA slab is just significant. Like a PSA 10 just outsells, you know, roundabout number, I would say like 20 to 30% more, depending on the card, um, which is crazy to me. So I, I've been sending pretty much anything that's only TCG is the only thing I've been sending to BGS um, just because PSA screws that up. Like, Modern Pokemon stuff should all be tens, just about right. Um, okay. and people are getting like I had I think it was 200 Pokemon cards, most of it was modern stuff, and there was like some sevens and sixes. And I'm like, no, I've looked at every single one of these. Um, so there's no way that they're not PSA tens, it just doesn't make sense. But <clears throat> yeah, but the resale value that's what makes it hard to even go with like SGC or HGA now, especially. but SGC was doing a good job. They have like the $25 thing, but <clears throat> when uh was it Nationals when PSA had the $18 deal? $18. Yep. I sent 40 cards in, I think, and they're all at um they're at Q2 for like the last two weeks, but they're already ready to pop. So it's like I just I don't see the value in sending the, even the SGC personally, unless it was gonna be something cheap, but with $20 bulk back with PSA, I'd rather just wait on the cheap stuff if I'm gonna send it at all. You know what I mean? So yeah, so one thing that we do and I love to share is like, you know, obviously how anybody manages their bankroll is a little bit different. We've found like a nice little rhythm with SGC from like low to mid-tier. Right. That you know, we can get it and get it back. And the cool <clears> thing is we get the digital scans right away. So oftentimes we'll be able to post them on eBay, start our auction. And then by the time I have the cards in hand, I have them for like a day or two and, that's they're, awesome. sold, and they're sold. So that's like a small thing that maybe most people don't think about. Uh, and then with PSA, I got an order back from July, August already that I got back before an order. I just got back from 21 that was sent out, which is like really goofy. And I'm not like here to, get on what's going on but it just doesn't make sense to me yeah the only logical explanation i can think of without i asked nat turner three times if he'll come on the podcast he looks at my message doesn't reply so that's cool um <laughs> he'll probably never come on so it is what it is but um 
the only logical thing I can think of is when they did that expansion, those people in the expansion must only be doing the incoming new stuff and everyone else is just working on the backlog. That's, I mean, that's the only thing that logically makes sense to me. I could be totally wrong, but yeah, every 35, I think it's $35 sub I've had that's been coming back in less than a month. So that you might be right. You might be right on that because even the grades are kind of, you know how people are like, man, these grades don't make sense. So you might be right. The newer people might be grading the, like the stuff that's coming. Cause you get oh, a lot of sixes, right. That you're like, why is this a six? And makes, it might makes be no sense. that makes sense. No, and I've noticed too, if you send like multiples of a card that they're not getting all, they're not giving you all tens. It's like, and, and you would hate to say that they're like kind of control the pop. Cause mm -hmm. that's what people always say. They're controlling the pop, but like, I sent five of the SP Wander Franco, Franco Tops um, flagship, and I think three were tens and two were nines. And I was like, there's no way these are nines. Like, I, I have the little microscope out. I have the centering tool. I'm looking at everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, there's no way. But then at, at that point, I'm like, I'm not cracking them and reselling them. I'll just sell the nines, hold a 10, and get rid of everything else. But that's what I do. Just, just send him to Bro Namath and have him go to BGS. He's getting black labels left and right. But that's that's why you send TCG to. That's, that's, okay. that's, that's why you send TCG to. So another hack that BGS had that me and Brandon would do was, uh, so if you before you could get the no grades on TCG, right? And it was, I don't remember how much it was, but it was super cheap. So a lot of people don't know this either. So if you ask for no grades, you just get the final grade. If it dimes, if you get a pristine, they automatically put the subgrades on. Oh, that's cool. Right. So, and that's what you would do with TCG because you wouldn't have to pay the premium. And if it dimed, then you would get the subgrades. It would be a 10 and it'd be all good. And you paid half the price. And if it was a nine five, you just got rid of it anyway. So, but Brandon's on a whole nother level. So like if he gets nine fives on a super expensive card and he doesn't think he cracks it immediately sends it back for two or five days. So he's, but he's spending money on those thousand dollar cards and oh, then yeah. spending hundreds or thousands on grading on top of it just to get his multiplier and get him out the door. But you, he I mean, was making he, laugh at the national because he had those dragon. Was it the Dragon Ball Z he wanted mm -hmm. the full set? And he's like, I need one more. And he's laughing when he's telling us, he's like, it's the worst card and I can't get it black labeled. And I was like, he keeps sending the other ones. And I'm like, are you messing up your own pop control? You're the only, it's pop one. And now you got it pop two, pop three. I was like, you better be careful. He's like, yeah, you're right. Maybe I should just calm down and just send the rest. That one just to get that. But he don't um, care. <laughs> he that was that was amazing seeing how happy he was to get him like the black label. It was like he, that was his goal at the national was to find this card and get it black labeled. And I'm glad he actually did it. He he's been doing my hero academia. I don't know if you do that. Um, but I've been seeing it on his stories and we've been talking about it because I I actually watched the show and he's got me back on the show. I took a screenshot yesterday, a picture of it. I was like, look what you made me do. My wife's judging me now because I have cartoon anime on my TV and he just start laughing. So. Yeah. It's one of those things. Like he's a nerd. He doesn't, he doesn't give that vibe, <laughs> but he's a nerd. And it's one of those things I had a friend tell me a long time ago. He's like, man, you never let anyone know, like go full nerd with anybody, but I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Um, my my middle son's super into anime and all that stuff. I am too. So, you know, it just goes hand in hand, I guess. I don't know. I just remember one time I tried to buy like a thousand dollar comic book. And I actually think it was you were on too. You were talking about something. And I, I I have never been into comic books. I know nothing about them. 
And like he, just the way he articulated his thought process, like what was coming down the pipeline for future releases. And I'm like, shit, I'm pulling off on the side of the road. I'm trying to buy this damn thing for like, you know, like 12, 1300. <laughs> and somebody sniped me. And then sure as shit, like, like a year, year and a half later, these books are selling for like, like the multiplier that yep. he suggested. And I was like, Damn, so now when he posted, I'm like, I have no idea what these cards are. I have no idea, but I'm like, I probably need to buy them. Or well, right now it's too late. So when he so starts, he he knows what he's doing to a T. Like um that black label set, I'm not gonna say how much he spent on it because it was way more money than my wife would let me spend on it, but he's gonna sell it for six figures mm-hmm. cash, cash more than likely someone's gonna pay him. So mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing. But yeah, the comic book thing's crazy. So did you guys meet Rob at the National Friar Sports Cards? Yes. So <clears throat> about a year and a half, two years ago, um, I heard that The Rock was going to be Black Adam in a new movie. And uh, so I was like, damn, I, I'm going to look for Black Adam first appearance comic book because they were super cheap, like 100 bucks, 200 bucks. There's probably like 20 of them on eBay um, and they were buy it now and auctions. And so I was like, I always put the buy it nows in my watch list in case I lose the auctions. Um, you guys need to get that. I thought I heard something. No. And, yeah. uh, and uh, so like I, I keep losing every single auction, like someone snipes me on all of them. So then I'm like, let me go back and buy the buy it now. All gone. Every single one of them. And I'm like, how is this possible? Like, They've been on here for months. I decided to make a move. Someone buy Rob Fryer Sports Card bought every single one. He has them. All, he has them all. But that's just. But that's just how we think. And I'm like, let me get one from you. And he's like, <laughs> gives me a price. I'm like, I don't think so, Rob. Get out of here. <laughs> that's funny. Well, the, the Wolverine, the that just released about him coming back from Deadpool. Yeah. I'm assuming those comics are going to go through the roof. Maybe it's. I don't know if it is. Too, is it too late now to buy? No, um, I, I mean I wouldn't buy now, but like after it calms down, I would say because when's Deadpool coming out? I didn't. I don't remember. I think they just released that he was. So they just they just them, right, right, right. So I would wait a couple months. Um, I actually got rid of. So you know, there's a difference between first appearance and then their first solo issue. Are you guys familiar with that? At least that much with comic books. So mm-hmm. Wolverine's first solo book. Um, in a nine eight, which is like a PSA ten, but for comic books, um, it's like a thousand dollar book, like eight eight hundred to a thousand. That was like my most prized possession. But then I traded it with a bunch of other stuff to get that Jordan rookie. But I, I haven't checked the prices, but I imagine they probably got a bump. But I, if you really want one, I would wait. And the thing is, excuse me, the pop's pretty low on those. And I mean, you're talking about a comic book from 1982, so to get one in a PSA ten condition, I, I think it's worth getting and hold on to for the right price for sure. Oh yeah, they the the comic book world. I actually made more money than uh than actually flipping cards. I I had uh my uncle gave me his old like seventies eighties, and one of them were was the Werewolf by Night uh issue thirty two or thirty four, and it was Moon Knight's first appearance. And I I didn't know I had it, but I, when Moon Knight wow. got everyone was like, check your con like because I have. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I have this thing. And I just sold it right away. I was like, dang, I got like a thousand bucks for this Moon Knight because just because they, it was a Disney Plus TV show and I had it just sitting, sitting in was the it, box. What was the condition of it? It was, so I asked, talked to some people. I, I think I even sent it to uh, Bro Name. I think it's like, it was like, like a four or five. It wasn't great. Like, you know, the binding is like the big issue. It had like creases. Right. Binding. Um, 
Yeah, but that's okay. So you know, in comic books, that they press them. Yep. So that's that's where like it's kind of funny having Kurt's cards on last week because me personally, like I don't have a problem with someone wiping a card. I don't even care that they use Kurt's cards products and cleans the surface, especially on like the prism, the shiny cards. It doesn't bother me at all. I think trimming's a little much, right? I think they're yeah. you're cheating. You're cheating the system a little bit. You're not a little bit. You are cheating the system by trimming. But with comic books, it's crazy because they press them, take all the creases out, redo the color. Like you can take it so far before um, before CGC labels it as altered or repaired. Like they have different color labels for that stuff. Um, but it's like fine. It's perfectly fine practice. Um, and so like I'm, I only collect tickets that I, I'm interested in. So I just got the Kobe LeBron ticket back from PSA that I sent through Bobby Two Chens. And Bobby was like, Bobby was like, I pressed it. And I was like, you did? I was like, is that legit? And he was like, I don't know, but I pressed it and got a PSA 10. And I was like, well, I don't know. Is that, are we like, is this blasphemy what we're doing? And he was like, who cares? Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I don't know. We're going to see you on a post with like Dan Ravel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pumping tickets and all that stuff. Darren Ravel. What's, what's, <laughs> what's the forum that everybody goes on? Uh, I don't go on it though. Blowout? Yeah, blowout. Yeah, you'll see my face on blowout like this guy. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't do it. Someone else did, but it, I have it. It is what it is, I guess. But yeah, that, that thing was sick, by the way. I saw it on your Instagram. Was that the one you, the ticket you post on your Instagram, yep. right? Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. thing's nasty. I just. Like I, I try to think out of the box a little bit, not as much as Brandon does, but I was just like, man, what would be a cool ticket to have? I'm like, oh, you know, Kobe and LeBron's last matchup, that'd be a cool ticket to have. So mm-hmm. I got it for cheap, like 40 bucks on eBay too. So That's nice. That's yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, that's what you got. I mean, did you see Bobby's ticket? He's got the debut of Pat Summer and uh, Madden, their debut broadcast ticket. That's so only, it's like the only one Bobby said he searched for months on eBay and then finally got it. And like, he's had five figure offers on it already. And he's just like, ah, I think I'm gonna send it to auction. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. Cause I think he maybe spent a hundred bucks total on it. So that's, that's insane. You just, just got it. I mean, it's like, even um, we're supposed to send all these magazines in, but that's a whole nother story. But like, uh, we're just trying to think outside of the box at the time, you know? Um, our buddy Fuddy. So we were like the first group of guys that did the VHS tapes too. And for the last six months I've been trying and Fuddy doesn't listen to podcasts. So I don't care. Um, but he has an and one mixtape, the original one. I'm like, Fuddy, if you don't want it, I'll buy it from you. And he's like, no, you don't have to buy it. I'll just send it to you. I'm like, okay, send it to me. So for six months, I'm like, send me the goddamn VHS tape. And then that, <laughs> that documentary comes out and now they're selling for like two grand. Can we, <laughs> He won't even answer my messages now. <laughs> <laughs> was What's that the, the VHS one? market like now? What's I don't that? follow. Is there still a market for the VHS? Is that? Yeah. So the VHS stuff is kind of crazy because it's the same thing. Like instead of like a Bowman first, there's like a first print VHS and there's all these different watermarks and certain companies. And you want to talk about a, a group of people that hate the grading. So like traditional VHS collectors, hate that these guys are grading these vhs tapes and selling them this way it's like the weirdest thing when brandon first mentioned grading vhs tapes i was like going i was like googling it and like every single form of it was just like what these guys grading it and all these guys are ruining our hobby and all this stuff and i was like damn a bunch of nerds 
just a bunch of nerds. Like, I just like, damn, you do like because everyone's not doing it the way you do it. It's like a bad thing. But yeah, so they do sell for ridiculous amounts of money. Um, I think we all bought, graded our VHSs and sold them too early. If we would have waited till like now, we probably would have made a significant amount of money. But it is what it is. I'm I'm in the um, group of like, if I'm going to move stuff for money, I want to be able to keep moving that money around to get different mm-hmm. things, you know. So instead sure. of holding it, but. I've made my mistakes too. Like I talked about the, um, I won the PSA nine Jordan sticker rookie, um, for 60 bucks, sold it for three grand cash. And then, um, I think it's pack profit. He sold it or traded it for like a $30,000 Luca at national last year. And I was like, ah, and I, yeah. I remember telling my wife, cause she was like, what's wrong. And I was like, that Jordan thing, I could have sold it for $30,000. And she's like, why did you sell it? And I was like, I didn't want to. You told me to take 3000 cash, remember? <laughs> That's but how my wife is. My wife will be like, why do you always lose money? And then she's like, you just need to sell, sell, sell. And then when it goes up after I sell, she's like, why didn't you keep it? I'm like, you just told me I can't sell it. I have this. So maybe you guys have this too with your wives. But I have – well, maybe, Jeremy, you probably don't. But, like, I keep having this reoccurring theme or, like, story that keeps repeating with my wife where I'm like a little kid excited i'm like look at these cards and i'm like this is worth this much this is worth this much i'm like this one could be worth this much and she's like cool story bro why don't you sell them then and put the money in our bank account and i'm like no 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 you don't understand what i'm talking about and i like put all my stuff away and like walk away i'm like bullshit like why don't you understand what i'm saying that happens a lot she was making fun of me the other day because I bought the I, – I'm into the uh, soccer, so I get Panini, the World Cup sticker book. And the kids are in bed. I'm in the basement at the bar just, like, putting the stickers and trying to line them up in the book. And she's like, what are you, five? I was like, leave me alone. I'm doing my stickers. But, yeah, yeah it's like once a month we kind of have the same kind of conversation. She's like, what are you doing with all this stuff? I'm like, I don't know. Leave me alone. <laughs> but I, I, our text messages are like tonight after we record uh i picked up a and it's probably it's probably stupid and i'm fully aware and we haven't like shared with anybody but i bought like the most massive kobe white collection ever really and i already had like i had already gone hard at kobe and i already like kind of takes it took some lumps but i got in so early i actually did okay but it's filled with like black golds galactics every single case hit but i mean it is it is, I haven't even counted, it's hundreds of cards. Majority really? slab, all numbered, autoed. Any so, RPAs? Oh, yeah. So we're going to, like, look through tonight, and we're going to do, like, a video on it, but it's, like, texting all day at work. Like, I can't wait to dive into this box and see what we really have. <laughs> cool. like, and it's more like, how bad did I do? Like, how much of a beating are we going to take? But it's, it's, it's fun. And we'll share it. She thinks you're funny. Like, we were at National, and she, he was buying Patrick Williams, and he'll come back, like, all happy. Hey, I bought. I found a gold, and she gets excited. She's, and then, then he'll come back. Hey, I found another gold. Select, and then he'll come back. Hey, I got another gold. And she's like, "Are you done yet? Like just messing?" And then when we sold the Kobe, the Kobe White deal, she just laughs at him. Like, really? Like, we're gonna get another PC player? Well, when you're when you're spending, like my my house is like littered, and this is stuff that like, there's thousands of Stranger Things cards yep. around the house. So like I am five figures into Stranger Things card, so it's really easy. Like, Mama can't say anything. (laughs) No, no, you got that going for you, hundred percent. So it's like a double edged sword. Yep. Man, if there's any, um, 
on card Kobe White? Like if you have doubles or triples or something, I, I might be interested. If you're moving anything, I know it's yeah, like I'm, de- I'm definitely like the goal is like I'm probably gonna take a few cards that I I, I like because I, I like him. I'm a Bulls fan, and I was like the first on the Kobe White. I I had the I, what I thought was the world's largest Kobe White collection, and I started piecing it out because ultimately, like, okay, I can have all this money tied up in Kobe White, but there's some other stuff that I want to get into. So, right. uh, yeah, definitely. I uh, I might have told you this, but I graded like 20 of his Prism base cards when it first came out. Um, I joined a bunch of breaks, got the bowls and like in randoms. It was like three or four breaks. And uh, so I graded them all. And then I'm, I, I was selling them, I think, at the height. They were like over 200 for a PSA 10. I had some guy offer me 175 for 20 of them each. And I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no problem and like and and to this day i see i still follow him and i see his story and every once in a while i'm like god what is he doing with all them kobe whites like what is he doing with 20 base prism psa 10 kobe yes. whites? so i was very fortunate fortunate because like i want to like i'm sure everybody's gone on that like one week bender where you fall in love with a player or a card and you try completely sweeping the floor and getting everything so this was prior to COVID. This was prior to the boom. Right. Like, That's my guy. You know, I like him. He's got, like, swag, the whole nine. And so, like, I was buying these lots of, like, 100 Kobe cards filled with silvers, colors, base. And so I sent them in. And so, like, every day I'm through a group supper, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm watching him climb. I'm like, I literally have hundreds of these base cards that are going to come back. I'm going to be so rich. I'm going to retire right now. <laughs> I saw him get up over to, like, 200. Silvers were, like, at, like, 1,000. 1,000 bucks, yeah. Boom, boom. And then I watch it go like. Was it injury prone for him? No, no, no. By the time I got him back from PSA, I had oh, missed okay. everything. Luckily, I bought like the kabooms and some of the case hits and was able to flip those. So it kind of offset. But I was giving those things away. Like if you were on like a, a break with us and you got skunked, you were getting free Kobe White PSA 10s, LaVisca <laughs> Chanel PSA 10s. Like LaVisca Chanel. Yep. But so, but the Kobe White, he did get hurt though, right? Yeah, he was hurt. Um, and then you know, like some of the turmoil with the Bulls being dysfunctional, he was always like a scoring guard, and they tried making right. him play the point. And when your mindset is to score the score the rock, and then I'll, you try to become a distributor. So I'm 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 looking forward to this year where he's got a full off season. The Bulls have a legitimate head coach, and his expectation, I think, is going to be you know, sixth or seventh man off the bench, depending on if Caruso starts, just to come in and be instant offense because PER, scoring per 36, he, he actually did relatively well, and he shoots it good from three-point land. So he's also only 22. So I, I would hope he could beat Caruso. I know Caruso's a fan favorite, but I know Lonzo Ball is out. Yep. And with Lonzo, it's always a situation where is he out for a couple weeks or is he going to be out for the season? Well, uh, they just he did was... surgery uh, today or yesterday, and they're saying right. that, like expectation is that he will play sometime in the second half of the season, probably in the new year. Right, and that's always a, a red flag for me when they say that because normally, like, what did he have done? They just cleaned it up, right? Well, he had two surgeries <clears throat> in the off season, and then they were holding off, hold like that he would right. heal, and then they couldn't figure it out. So I think they had to do some some cleanup. And then some arthroscopic stuff. So I'm I'm definitely not a doctor, and I don't want to misspeak. But uh, apparently, it's he's going to be all right. But they're they're not going to rush him to take him back because he truly is the Bulls' best two way player. Yeah, it sounded like um, 
he made that he put that out there before the team did because I, I saw what he said because he was like I can't run I can't jump he was like I'm not rushing back I'm gonna take my time so like he laid that down before anyone else could say anything which is good for him sucks if you're a Bulls fan and that's the only reason I was like ooh sounds like he might be out for the season because if you guys aren't competing by the second half of the season then there's really no point in bringing them back it, it was unfortunate last year prior to him getting hurt the Bulls were in the, the one seed. They were playing. He was awesome defensively. He added the three-point shot, and he was such a good distributor. Like, yep. might not have done anything great, but did a lot of things really well and just yep. worked for the pieces they had. So disappointing not to have him, but if he can come back uh, healthy. My concern is just when you don't play basketball for this long, it's going to take you some time to get back up to, you know, your par or where you, you think you should right. be. And I and I, I like Lonzo too. I, I I think he's a great player, like you're saying. So I hope he does come back. It just didn't sound good from everything I was reading. Yeah. Um, how the Patrick William? Did you get that um, that vinyl card I sent you guys' way? I did not. I have gotten my did, ass kicked three weeks in a row on PWCC. Somebody out there is like, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make a run. At, when does this pod drop? Probably tomorrow. Okay, well, you want me to hold off? No, 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 no. no. There, there's another, there's a gold out of five or a black gold out of five that I felt like I was going to win last Sunday night. And it was just it, the, the bidding pattern led me to believe that's me and one other person. So I'm confident that there was one this week, there's one next week. So I'm hopeful that I'll take that one. And then I've got a couple of other bigger cards of his that I'm, I'm cooking on uh, that I'd like to get before the season starts. That's on PWCC. Yes. What so? What's the black and gold ending at? Uh, last week ended at like twenty two hundred. Twenty two hundred. Right. Yeah, I can note of that. <laughs> the, the the true gold when I I was in we did the show we went uh, Chipshawana in Cleveland. I held off. There was a couple of like higher end cards that I wanted to buy, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm going to war. I'm going to get this card at forty five hundred, and it ended up finishing at like forty nine hundred, and it just like mm. it was like at three at trade night, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Like Friday. Wow. You get an extended bidding and then all hell breaks loose. So I was it, is, hoping, it is. I'm gonna be the biggest bull. I I don't know how a bulls guy, but I'm gonna be the biggest bulls guy for how much money you have in Kobe White and Patrick Willis. Me too. Like we're friends now, so it's like now yeah. I, I'm invested in what how yeah, they're doing and awesome. what's going yeah. on. We need, I don't even need to be good. I just need the buzz. Like the the P Will buzz is continuing to 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 build, and I actually thought about this. Like some of the. Some of like the NT horizontal RPAs, not the verticals. I might cash out on and move that into like a LeBron or a Jordan, right? And keep some of the like the golds and stuff like that, just to take some of my money back. But at the end of the day, I like the player. He's young, and so I under I understand like what we're doing here. It's like you know, it's not all profit driven with the decision. So what you you brought up an interesting point. So I want to just get your guys' take on it. So the horizontal RPAs versus the vertical, right? They're the same card, except for one says RPA on the back, and one is horizontal, and one's vertical. I I don't understand why people are so hung up on that. It's crazy. I, there was that, I think it was like a Trevor Lawrence that just went. It was like the same patch. It was like the same number, and one was sideways, and one was vertical. I, I don't understand it. I Sometimes, either. in my opinion, depending on the card, the horizontal, just the like the design of the card looks better. Right. It looks better, and a lot of times the patch is normally bigger too, um, just depending on how they have the player laid out. So, I, yeah, I don't get it. But I, 
What do you know the difference in a Patrick Williams horizontal and vertical RPA like an NT? Uh, it's it's like a three four x multiplier. Wow. Like a do you have any of the vertical? I, I I have one out of ninety nine. I'm seeing if I have it readily available, but uh, like the seventy five. I thought I had it next. Well, to that's me. like while well, he's waiting. That's like the ninety nine. The true RPA is right. more money than the one out of like seventy five or something right. like that. It doesn't make sense to me. So this oh, one's out nice. of seventy five. It's a pretty good patch. It's a PSA nine, and for it's a sick card. patch. Um, and you know what's crazy is. Something out of 99 with a lesser patch will get like 3, 4x right now of this. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, I maybe eventually something will come around. Like, I do think, like, in the future, some of the flawless cards will potentially become king because they're, they're player worn or game worn as opposed to, hey, this, supposed is like, to be. this is a Dick Sporting Goods jersey. This is like a kid's jersey. Um, right. Yeah, some of the stuff just doesn't make sense, but that's where, and it's cliche, like being students of the game, understanding how the game is being played and not being so stubborn where this is what I think, therefore that's what it is. Sometimes you have to buy cards that you don't necessarily like if you're you're living a little bit of that flip life. I saw, uh, I almost bought them, this is a couple months ago though, Kobe White. I always check the NT um the red, white, and blue, the like the American flag, God, yep. stars and stripes. Sorry, we like had a brain fart there. But I was, I saw a couple end for like less than a thousand bucks over the summer. I want to say, and I almost pulled the trigger on them because I was like, damn, these are cheap. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get, um, not Mo Bamba. Um, who is it? Um, Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, Mo Bamba. Like I'm, I'm a Magic guy, so I've been looking for some of them. RP uh, Chumo Kiki. I saw an uh, true RPA NT sell for like 300 bucks. I was like, damn, I missed that one. That's one I would just keep, you know, just because I'm a Magic fan. But, yeah, the prices on stuff's crazy. Did you guys see today that Marvel set from that sold for 200000 and then I think sold recently for 20000 It's crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> like, I, I'm pretty sure that would be grounds for divorce, I think, for my wife. Mm. I don't think I could recover from that one. <laughs> I couldn't. You I couldn't explain that. You have to be the dirt bag guy on eBay. Like, yeah, I'm not selling. My bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, well, if that happened to me, my wife would be like, "Wait, we bought it for two twenty, and you sold it for two hundred, right? Not twenty. There's a zero missing. It's <laughs> so, crazy. That, I, I don't. Yeah. I, the thing. The thing I don't understand is like. Is there like a cardboard Illuminati where they're like making these decisions to pump stuff? And who are these people? Because like at this point, I feel like I know a lot of the bigger fish or the whales in the hobby. And uh, and I know some people at some huge LCSs and like nobody really knows. But like obviously there's a group of people doing this stuff. That was a perfect example is I had a minimum gen mint 9.5 tops update Mike Trout rookie. Centering was a nine. I, I hate cards that centering's a nine. But uh, on eBay one week, there were some for over three grand. This was like a year and a half ago. And I'm like, what is going on? They're normally like a thousand bucks all day long. Why are they going over three? Of course, Brandon calls me. He's like, sell your Mike Trout right now. And I'm like, but what if it goes to five? And he's like, who cares? You didn't even pay a thousand bucks for it. Just sell the damn thing and take the money and run. 
I sold it the week later. It just you just saw the drop, and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand like where this or how it happens. Money laundering. I mean, yeah, but like, but th- but this circumstance, Trout wasn't even hot. Oh yeah, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't like he was on a streak or something. Just a card shot up out of nowhere. It's a uh, we. There's that running joke of when for the par- Marvel PMGs, it's when Steve Aoki gets involved. Then a couple months later, you might want to sell sell quickly. I mean. So there's a hundred percent truth to that. Um, God, I feel like we should just have Brandon here. We talk about him so much, but he had a, I think it was a Deadpool PSA 10 Marvel card. Um, he, I, he couldn't have paid more than a hundred or 200 bucks for it. He sold it to Aoki, I think for four or five grand. And, and then literally, like you said, after that, they just nosed out. <laughs> Yeah, just watch Steve Aoki and just make sure you don't have the cards he has. Right, but then, like, if you're Steve Aoki, at a certain point, you have to reassess your circle and who's giving you all this bad advice. Yep. I I think sometimes that's why, like, refractional came from. Yeah. It's like, if you're a big player, it's a way where you can kind of uh, Mm -hmm. let somebody else help you get out of that burden that you are saddled with. Mm. See, I I didn't think about that. That's a good point. It's in, it's I think it's important. Like if you're gonna put real money in this, if if you have disposable income where you can lose it and not think twice, that's great and just have fun with it. But if you know, for us, you know, you just talked about getting divorced, Manny's wife will whip his ass, Callie will whip his ass out of the house. <laughs> it's important to understand what's going on and like pay yeah. attention to these trends and like you know, have a circle of people you can bounce ideas off of. Like we saw it this year with with football like everybody's trying to be smarter than the next guy. So football like took off a little bit sooner and like the same stuff that is, is always happening. But some of these big cards, I, I, I have no idea. I've heard rumors and I'm not going to be the one that, you know, puts my name on that, but what's going on, but it's, it's insane. It is absolutely insane. I think that that's what drives me nuts. The most is all these hobby experts. So um, what was that? Jared Stidham, right? So when Jared Stidham was a rookie, there was, <clears throat> I don't even, I, it'll give away if I say even give the category of these people, but there's a group of people that were saying the Pats love Stidham so much that he was going to be the starter. And everything they were showing was them buying Stidham tickets, um, you know, the um, contenders tickets, auto tickets, RPAs, everything. And I was like, I just watched him get his ass beat at Auburn for three years. I don't, I don't understand how these guys are saying this. And then he's just been on a straight nosedive since then. But it's like, I'm always weary of that. And then especially people that I don't think ever even played sports. And they just have these crazy opinions about what's going on with sports. I mean, even there's a good six month period. I'm a Jags fan where people in the hobby were saying Trevor Lawrence was trash. And if you invested in him, you wasted your money. And I'm like, he was just had the worst fucking head football coach ever. Yep. Horrible, horrible human being. Uh, and I'm a Gators fan, by the way. A dysfunctional organization. No O-line. Give the kid a chance. Like, if they wrecked him, um, if they wrecked whatever he's got going up, up upstairs, and we'll find out soon enough, but at least give the kid a chance. And it's like those same people were like Justin Fields, Justin Fields. Um, Who else was the other quarterback that's playing like crap this year? A lot of people are up on Zach Wilson, but it's still too early to like make those determinations and have a fire sale or even buy the stuff. Like Trey Lance, people are already putting him in the trash can. I'm like, he just got hurt. I didn't even see his first game, so I don't know how he did. But uh, 
That's like that's like the same people. Uh, Kyle Trask is the name I'm yep. like, popping in my head. People are like Tom Brady. He's gonna when Tom Brady leaves, this is the guy. Kyle Trask. You need to start buying him right now. The and, problem is you have no idea because yeah, he's no. he's. He he played good his last year at Florida, so he's a Florida oh, that's, guy. Yeah, that's what reminded <laughs> right? me of Florida. So so he played good his senior year at Florida. He shown he showed that he was legit. There's flashes through college. The last year he played phenomenal, but right now, like with these backup quarterbacks, you have no idea None. what's going on at practice and what the organization is thinking. So if you want to invest, like Jeremy said, you have some disposable income, you want to invest a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks in someone you believe in. That's cool. But no, unless you unless you work for the Bucks, you're the quarterbacks coach. You're you're you have no fucking clue what he's doing. I mean, for all we know, he's getting his ass handed to him every day at practice, and Tom Brady's telling him to sit on the bench and don't say a word. Like you have no idea what's going on. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's where it's crazy. Like I I don't have the my cojones are not big enough to invest the kind of money people do in these quarterbacks. And um, <clears throat> uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with high end Kyler. Oh, yeah. So he he's he's a friend of ours too, mm-hmm. but he got in on his Kyler collection so early that like because we always razz him and give him a hard time about it and tell him that you know like Kyler Kyler Murray is like a chipmunk out there playing and he sucks or whatever we just give him a hard time because he's got like six figure collection and uh, but he was like you know what I I'm not worried about it because I've already I bought in so early before the bust or the boom. And I've already moved stuff that he's already in the green. Even if Kyler broke both legs this week and he couldn't sell another card, it doesn't matter to him because his investments already sound in that. You know what That's I mean? Awesome. But right, you but you can't do that now because, like, like, like we're saying, we like I like Kyle Trask when he was in the college. I thought he was sweet, but the people are buying him now, and he's at a price point where I'm like, I'm not spending the money on a backup quarterback for him. So it's kind of hard to do that now. So I I bought a couple Kyler Trask cards only because I, I like Florida. I like Trask, you know. Um, but then when Brady retired over the summer, his cards went triple for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff like that. Like you're saying, if you watch the trends or you do stuff, that is the wrong time to buy anything. Like even Zion, I would say I've been watching his cards. There hasn't been a boom yet um, just because he's skinny at the press conference or he's they announced that he's phenomenal at practice and didn't miss a shot. But you could probably still buy Zion right now and be okay come season. But the time to move Zion won't be during the season. It will either be preseason when he plays good and has a double-double or you, otherwise you're going to have to hold and see how he does at the end of the season if they make the playoffs. Then you would sell again. But it's just those, those simple things where you're like, no, do not – if he has a triple-double – the first week of the season, do not go buy his cards. That's ludicrous. But that's with any player. You know what I mean? But people do it all day long. It's crazy to me. I, th- I think sometimes people have maybe the right idea on the player, but they don't have the bankroll or the patience to see it out. You, you know what right. I mean? Like same thing with Zion. My thing is any Zion that I bought, I'm just waiting for that first sports center top 10 dunk where people lose their mind or like, you know, the triple double where he goes, you know, 18 to 20 from the floor, drops a couple of threes, and then just, you know, lays his dong on somebody's head with a monster dunk. But then that would be like my exit strategy, get out right away. Right, right. Because I think if you look at him, you would hope that he would stay healthy. But so far, history has shown that he's going to get hurt. He's going to miss some time. And he might come back strong and take him to the playoffs, but nobody knows. You know, that's, that's the scary part when you start investing so much money in players. 
I had a guy, I had a Prism 9.5 Silver. Um, this was like six months ago. It was that card. It was Kyle Lewis. He's a baseball player that was injured, but he's rookie of the year. It was like a Mariners. Sapphire, Sapphire to 25 auto, 9.5.10. Um, and then it was like another card of a guy that I liked that was injured also, but I was like real low on all this stuff. And at a card show, a guy had a Mike Trout um, Bowman's Best on card to 10 auto. And he was, I was like, hey, I like the trout. And he was like, would you trade these for the trout? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and he was like, you don't want to do, you don't want to do the math, or you don't want me to show you the values. I was like, no. I was like, I know what I have in these three or four cards, and I'll even give you this base Zion if you want. Like, I don't, but I will do the trade right now. Let's go. Those deals are the best. Yeah. Those deals when, you, especially when you can let somebody else feel like they got a little bit of a win or they have some meat on the bone. Those are those are my favorite kinds of deals. But it's hard though. Like I don't have a poker face, so I'm like biting my lip, trying not to laugh because I'm like, "What the hell's going on here?" Like you want these three or four? In- I'm like, you want these injured guys for the Mike Trout? Okay, and that's on card to ten. Uh, thank you. How do I do that? I couldn't do it fast enough. It always trips me out. We we did a repack like like a couple years ago, and I know P Ryan. He just had tremendous success with this. You know, it's like three hundred dollars. You're guaranteed your money back or your money back guarantee. We did something like that. We had all these cards. We were looking to move and we're like, hey, let's just do a repack. Let's charge like $200 a pack, but you're guaranteed to get like $350, $400. And it was like cool stuff, modern stuff. And like we didn't, they didn't sell the way we thought. And then come to find out, like the one thing is there, people would have rather paid double and have some crazy chase that they had like no chance of hitting as opposed to just taking on some cards where they were going to be in the profit. And so, like, the gambling aspect comes out time and time again where it's I'll watch kids buy mystery packs for $100 when they could buy three of the cards they want at the table. But that it's like that, that gambling or that chance of hitting something big that these people chase. It's addicting. I, I'm the same way. I think we talked about this before. Like, I, I was doing repacks, and I'll probably do one here soon, but um, I can't sleep at night knowing that I did a repack and people didn't get their value back. So, so in all mine, you're guaranteed to get the value that you buy into it. And then I always do like people do one chase. I usually do three or four chase cards because I, I'm usually buying them low, grading them. And then, you know, you get the multiplier if you get a 10 and it's like good for me. And then also good for you. But like, I, yeah, I couldn't, my integrity is I could not sleep at night, rot like straight robbing people doing like hundred repacks at a hundred dollars a piece for one chase. Like it's crazy. And I don't, I don't follow P. Ryan. Um, I've seen some of his content. It's not for me personally, um, but a lot of people do follow him. And I saw like he had, um, I thought was interesting was, uh, I guess, like autographed the card or something in the repack. And if you collected them all, you got something or something to that effect. Is that right? Yeah, we actually, we bought one of his packs. So it was like he was selling 300 packs at $300 a piece. Wow. And And they sold out in minutes, but there was like, each individual card was hand stamped with a different color. And if you built the rainbow, there was, you could build up to five rainbows. He would fly you in, stay at like one of the most luxurious hotels in all of Texas. And you get to go to his house and see his collection. So I appreciated what he was trying to do for the repack. Yeah. I watch these guys and it, I see it probably more on Twitter, where they'll sell like a thousand dollar repack. They'll sell a hundred packs. There's like one or two chasers in a floor is like a hundred to two hundred dollars, and it's like, and people are gobbling them up. Like, and, and I the have, majority I, of them are the floor. 
yeah and we have the inventory to do it but i'm like i, I would feel like a piece of shit because i've watched my friends who don't have that money go into debt chasing this crap and like the, the, that's the big reason why we don't sell on whatnot as much anymore it's like painful to watch like i'm doing oh, <clears throat> I, what not probably gonna sue me someday, but I'm always like, what not's evil. <laughs> <laughs> it's too saturated. There's too many, too many people. It, it is. That. It did get saturated. I mean, you have the big breakers that do very well on there, but um, if you just, I mean, it's the whole. It's set up for you to to spend money. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say lose money because that's on you if you're hitting that bid button, but it's set up for you to spend money. Like, if ten people are hitting bid. You think you're bidding 60 and then all of a sudden it's like 350 and you're like, well, I wasn't trying to bid 350. I was just trying to bid. Mm-hmm. But you said just I just want to circle back. P Ryan was 300 at 300. I, I believe that was it. Right. So that's ninety thousand dollars. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was that, that was it because he was giving away not giving away. He was selling one hundred and twenty thousand dollars worth of cards for ninety thousand money back guarantee. That's the, awesome. only, the only caveat is if you took the money back. Like you weren't eligible to buy series two if he does a series two. That's smart on his end, but yeah. I wonder so how I think, many what the what the uh, the want was like. How many people actually wanted it? You know what I mean? Oh, it, it sold out in minutes. Wow! And then he only I think it was like maybe ten to fifteen returns. Uh, a couple of them were legitimate. Like these were cards were were like tough to comp. And then the, like and obviously this is coming through his story, but then just a handful of people who were going after the chasers. They didn't get the chasers, so get their money back. What did you guys get in your pack? I got a a Trout on-card auto uh, out of 25. PSA top one. That's not bad. Was there anything else in there? Yeah, there was like a Steve Avery authentic autograph, uh, classic 1992 Deion Sanders, PSA 8 or 9, a pack of top stadium club baseball. So when I opened that up, I'm like – I knew the value was there. I'm like, so there's got to be something because this pack sucks. <laughs> yeah, but at least, at least you know, from the sounds of it, he tried to put a variety of stuff in there to build your value. Oh, yeah. So that's and, awesome. And he was trying to encourage, like, you know, like giving people a variety so they can go out and, you know, trade and, like, you know, have fun and, like, help curate your collection and give you some firepower to go get deals done. So I, I, I thought it was pretty cool. It was, you know, worth 300 bucks. Yeah, it sounds cool. Um, I don't know if you guys follow. It's a, uh, let me look him up. It's Dave. He's like a tattoo artist, but he goes by, uh, it's ATC something on Instagram. Are you doing a, um, with your repack, um, like a thing so we know? Because I'm, I'm interested in getting one of yours. I, I'm always, we haven't talked about it, but I'm always like looking at your stories because I see you as like the baseball guy. Like I know you know your prospects. So when I see you start buying, like we talked about Bro Namath with uh, TCGs, I look at your stuff for like prospects. When I start seeing you buying prospects, I'm like, I better go get somebody. No, 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 no! Don't follow what I do. What I do, what I do is like stu- is like stupid luck. I, I look for like uh, like certain baseball prospects that have like um, I always look at their tool grades. Um, and then I look at like, uh, how old they are. And then I try to look for, I'll be completely honest. I look for guys that are like, <clears throat> like six foot six, one that are an infield guy and then have a little meat on the bone. So if they're like less than one fifty and they're already 20, they're probably never going to put on enough weight to have any power. 
But if they're in that like 175 to 185 range and they're only like 19, 20, then that's pretty a pretty good sign. But <clears throat> yeah, I get, I've gotten stupid lucky. I mean, just to be complete, like, so Tovar is like the guy that got called up from the Rockies last week. Yep. When Bowman Chrome came out, <clears throat> I opened the box at um, RBI Crew and I got a Tovar rookie and that or a Bowman first. And then I saw someone had a little blurb there, like, oh, I really like this guy. So then I looked into him and I was like, well, I got him. I'm going to just start chasing and going after all his autos. So I got extremely lucky. I, I got a ton of colored autos, graded them all. Then there was a, so this is what I was talking about when people get hot. There's a stretch where he hit like three, three or six home runs in a row in like a, over like a week and a half span. And his cards just blew up. I still sold him a little too early. I probably should have waited one more week, but then I moved everything for stuff that I was like, this is stuff I want that I'll never spend the cash on, but I can trade for it now if I want to. And it's funny because there are like uh, Bowman experts now and I see their stories and they're like, oh, Tovar, I'm looking for blue Tovar. I'm looking for this Tovar. I'm like, yeah, you guys are laughing at me. Now. I'm laughing at you because you're spending <laughs> 10, 10 X on a card I spent a hundred bucks on. Well, didn't you? Weren't you close on her? Weren't you like your group of uh, friends were on Hernandez, right? Christian Hernandez, really yeah, early. Yeah, Brandon was all over uh, Hernandez early, um, and it was funny because one podcast I was doing with him, I was bidding on an orange, and it was only at like it was a nine five ten true orange, and it was only at like two grand. And I'm like, oh, I'm winning. Should I bid more? And he was like, bid five grand. I was like, I don't <laughs> want to bid five grand without talking to my wife, and then like, and she was like. <laughs> in the room over there and i was like i'll do 3500 and i ended up losing because we were talking mm -hmm. but that one sold for a steal but people are already down on him um so his cards are kind of down now it's just it's tough with the prospects you gotta you know it's like again if you can get in early on guys um and they start playing well then it's like good for you but nobody that's the thing is nobody knows mm -hmm. you just like how many number one picks are actually all-stars and playing every day yeah the the thing that I learned in, at the national it was uh he was with Bro Namath oh what's his name um it was not Vadim it was uh you you know what I'm talking about uh that was with him he knows a lot about prospecting they were saying um it was probably Rob either Fryer Sports Cards um who else would have been with Brandon I think uh, Adam was there um, two chins Bobby two chins doesn't do baseball really okay. It was yeah. one of them, but they were telling me, like, the cool thing about Bowman prospects is there's levels to get out. So if you miss your, like, yeah. if you miss the call up here, you can get out at, like, the call up to the next level. Right. Or the call. And he's like, once they go pro, you don't want them anymore. And he was, like, teaching me. I was like, man, this is a lie. I didn't know that because I'm, I'm buying uh, Luis Robert at the time. And he was like, yeah, he's already done. You want to move on to the next person. So. Right. So, no, and that's true. And that's, I meant to circle back. So, like, with Tovar. Um, he got called up last week, but his cards still are like they're at the price or less than when I sold everything. Mm -hmm. So there's windows for sure. Yeah. And that, and so, yeah, you're right. Like when there's a different call ups or they get hot, you can move them. Um, the thing is to just not be married to them because it's a prospect and you, you just never know. Yep. Um, like I'm a Yankees fan. So I took, I spent probably maybe like a thousand bucks last summer on some Glaber Torres cards. I got a black label rookie card some PSA or BGS tens, the stuff I wanted. And I was like, if he plays good, good for me. If he doesn't, I'm okay with losing out on this stuff. Um, and he's played good, but his cards just have not, they're like nowhere near Soto or Tatis or Acuna. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. 
And then some guys just stay high forever. Like even Tatis, I've been watching his stuff and it's gone down a little bit, but not much. So. No, which is crazy because he has like that steroid. Like now he's going to be labeled yeah. as that person that. Yeah, steroid. he's had like three or four accidents on ATVs. I don't know how he's not banned from riding the ATV. And then now, <laughs> yeah, he's got the steroid thing. And then even Soto's cards were up and he's had a pretty crappy year. And they're pretty steady too. But I think it's everyone was saying there's a correction. I think there was a correction. Um, there's always going to be money to made if you know where to look, but it definitely needed to be corrected for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, those prices were nuts. Eight hundred dollars for. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say we've we've taken and Manny and I have different skill sets and we have different experiences, which is actually kind of cool because you know you tend to like your thought process tends to fall in line with your circle, and so it's for me it's refreshing because I know. I don't know what I don't know. Right. And so, like, you know, I'll chop it up with Manny and I'll be like, oh, man, he's looking at this from a completely unique and different perspective that I would have never even considered. And so what I've done and Manny's done a little bit, but um, we've treated soccer that way. We understand that your average American fan is like intrigued by a soccer card, but they don't follow soccer like that. Right. And so what I've done is like, well, like Bundesliga that's where like a lot of people come from that, that might as well be the minor league. So like, I'll go and like, you know, for me, it'll be a fun rip to rip uh Chrome of Bundesliga or go on there. And like the same thing, you know, how you looked at uh, tools attribute yep. and stuff like that. For me, I'm like, okay, it is the kid 15, 16, 17. Cool. Did he play at a great Academy? Cool. Is he a striker or does he have amazing ball handling skills? Cool. If he doesn't check those boxes, nah, but if he does check those boxes, I'm willing to take a flyer on a 30, 50, 100, $150 colored right. card on card auto, sit it and stash it, knowing that every soccer player is looking for the next Erling Haaland. You know what I mean? And so like I've been treating Bundesliga and people might think I'm crazy. I've been treating that like like, you know, my Bowman. Oh, good. I got a stack of Sapphire I'll send you because I have no idea who's who or what's good. Hey, I'll, I'll get you some Kobe White, man. We just made the first ever deal on breaking up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so I, I missed my window with soccer. My best friend, one of my best friends growing up is, uh, do you guys follow soccer? Like, oh, yeah. Like, do you know, like, USA team history soccer? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I grew up with Eddie Johnson. Do you guys know who he is? Oh, yeah. So I grew up with Eddie Johnson. Um, kid ran a 4-2-40 as a sophomore. Um, and you know, he got drafted by the Dallas burn when he was, I think he was 17, maybe a little younger, but like he left high school our junior year to go play at the U S and, um, Bradenton. So he's like on the U S team, lived in Bradenton, got drafted. He's one of my best friends. Um, so I missed that window. So when he was playing, I followed soccer, but I just mostly followed him where he was playing and where he was going. Um, so I kind of missed my window there, but, uh, He's a good guy. He's an easy talk to guy. He runs like soccer camps now. My best soccer experience or moment was uh, we played Germany and DC. World Cup team played Germany. And uh, so I sat in the family section with my two sons and we beat Germany. And it was like the biggest win for the US, you know? So that was a really cool experience, you know? And I don't really follow soccer, but it was cool. And then. I remember afterwards, I'm like, where are you going? And he's like, oh, we're staying at the W, come. So I was like, okay. And they had like a team dinner, and then he was going to meet us right after. But he took my son to the team dinner, and he got like a U.S. men's soccer ball signed by all the players. And then I remember my son really liked Clint Dempsey at the time, so we got to meet Clint Dempsey. And 
it was a cool experience. But yeah, that's like my only soccer knowledge is Eddie. So that's a badass soccer story. I was gonna say that's that's better than all <laughs> what we have. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was crazy. Like um I couldn't believe it. Like he played in the World Cup when he was like 19 years old. You know, he got screwed the last World Cup and then he had to retire because of the heart condition or whatever. Yep. But uh he was like the second highest paid MLS player too, so behind Landon Donovan. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was funny because I remember when he signed over with uh, uh what was the team he played for over in Europe. Anyways, I, I just remember he signed for like this That's gonna bother me. I know now he's now Jeremy's gonna look. He should have him on for the because the World Cup is next month. Oh yeah, that's a good point. What so yeah. the, here's the thing is like this podcast is like I have like a separate personal IG account. This is like yeah. my card account. So like a lot of people don't know I do this podcast. Um, Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's a good point. I should have him on. But I remember when he signed that contract overseas, I'm like. Fulham. Fulham. That's right. I'm like, are you really? get, getting paid in US dollars? And he was like, euros, baby. And I was like, damn, you're making some serious money then. That's crazy. So, but yeah, it was cool. He's a good guy. That's, that's, see, that's awesome. a sweet story. And that's what I love about that. Like the hobby is like, yeah. who would have ever thought like before we went on, we were talking about Traegers, you know, now we're talking about like, you know, friends that we have who are actually have done really cool things or cool things for our family. I just absolutely like, just love that stuff. I, I did um, selfishly look at Eddie Johnson cards one day on eBay. Cause I'm like, Oh, I could buy all these and send them to him. Like sign all these and send them back. But they weren't, they weren't going for much. So. AJ Dillon does that for his friends right now. Does he? <laughs> he gets like every like Herbert to sign his cards or like, and then he sends them to PSA and they get all they get graded. Really which is crazy, yeah. I don't. I wasn't a fan of AJ Dillon um, in the hobby sense. Only I don't know if you guys followed. Like he was doing breaks, yeah, and charging like astronomical prices for like uh, retail breaks. And I was like, dude, who is this clown? And they're like, it's AJ <laughs> Dillon from the Packers. And I was like, what? And people were buying into it because didn't he say he would inscribe like anything that was pulled, like his cards were pulled or something like that? Probably. I think he yeah. was like buying his card from breaks too from people and stuff. But I mean, I just, I felt like, man, you're a millionaire and you're like raking people over the coals. Um, and if you were naive to it, that's one thing. But then after everyone's calling you out and you're just blocking people, I was like, yeah, not for me. So, mm -hmm. And that was just kind of lame too, because he was like, numbering the cards with his autograph right and then psa was authenticating them. then somebody got a herbert and herbert wrote like one of one on it and psa wouldn't authenticate the oh yeah i remember it. seeing that yeah i'm like what the hell man how about a little bit of consistency you just never know and that was that was interesting with uh kurt's cards because he did that herbert 101 the black finite he cleaned it and you know it got a 10 he's telling me that Nat Turner, and he was like, I don't even know who Nat Turner is, but he was like, Nat Turner commented it on my, on my uh, post about it and was like, what did you do to this card? And he was like, I just wiped it off. I just used Kurt's cards kit and I wiped the card off and that's <laughs> it, you know? And, and then I guess people were like, dude, that's the guy that owns PSA. And he's like, well, I don't know who owns PSA. Like, what, you know, Kurt, the dude, Kurt, you guys should have him on. He's, he's a good dude. Um, he's, he's local to us, right? He is local to you. So you guys, yeah. should, you should go reach out to him, maybe meet him for lunch or something. Maybe do like a live podcast with him, you know? Yeah. What, uh, I, I have to, I'll have to listen to it because I'm curious because of all the backlash that the guys, uh, received, but it's my understanding that everything's, you know, natural. And to me, like, 
if I spilled something like on my slab or whatever, I knocked it like a soda over. I wouldn't let it sit there and soak. I would like, you know, first off, I wouldn't have soda. But right, 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 right. But like, if there was something on it, I would, I would wipe it down. Like, I mean, I, I wipe, I wipe down all my cards. I look at them all before I send them the PSA, and that's what. And him and I were talking about it. I was just like, You're, it's kind of dumb not to. Um, there are some guys in like <clears throat> a group chat that we're in. There's a couple guys that are like, I'll never put anything on a card, and they're like. They're not like me where I was like into cards as a kid and then I've discovered girls in sports and like I wasn't into cards anymore. Like there's a couple guys that have been true to the hobby their whole lives and they, and they won't do it. And But they were like, but we don't care that other people do it. You know what I mean? So I think it's just I think it's not as black as white as people want to make it out to be like it's an evil thing. It's not evil. Like I don't care. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And if you got a PSA 10 that someone wiped down or use Kurt's card to clean it, you'll never know anyways. Never, never. What, what difference was it make, you know? Um, now, trimming cards, <clears throat> they take that serious. Did you guys see all the stuff on Blowout when that blew over? Oh, yeah. For the oh, contenders? Yeah. yeah the- I can, like. I don't know who these people are or how they have the time, but, like, they're, like, measuring the cards, finding the eBay pre-sold, ungraded, measuring that, then measuring the graded pictures. I'm like, holy shit, these people need a TV show. <laughs> well, that's I like the guy who was doing the patches, and that was brilliant because I never even would have considered buying a card and removing the patch and yeah. putting something like removing a napkin, putting like two or three colors. And there's some guy who's been like cataloging this stuff for years, and so yeah. he'll show you like, hey, this this right here, this was the original patch, not that four color thing that's in there now. And I was like, damn. I have a question about that though, like. If it's not player worn and you're saying it's you get it from dicks, what's the difference? What's the difference? <clears throat> so and the thing, but the, the problem is though, is even if it's if it's not game used, right, Manny? I, I'm I'm assuming you know this, right? So if it's not game used, you know they literally have these guys put on uh, twenty jerseys at a time and then say it's player worn. Yep. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, that's just the photos we see. I, I wouldn't doubt that they like put it over their arm and then throw it down. I'm like, player worn. Yeah. There's a, uh, what's his name? Card, cardboard gold rush. He's a lawyer too. And he was like, he's, he always says, he's like, I'm convinced that every relic is fake. <laughs> That's yeah. what he's like. Every relic card is fake. And I was well, like, there was a flawless Seahawks and you know how they, they used to be Reebok and a card came out, I think a couple of years ago before when they were like, they switched over and it was a Reebok shield in this card and it said player worn. It was like, how is this player worn? Well, that's like the, any laundry tag that you see is, uh, what's the retro company that makes the, um, jerseys. What's the heck's the name of it? I was not majestic. It's, uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. The, not majestic. Cause that's a legit Jersey company, but, uh, damn it. Now that's going to drive me nuts, <clears throat> but there's a company that makes retro car, retro jerseys. And, uh, sometimes you'll see those patches in cards as a relic and i'm like the players don't wear those that's like what you get at the mall and uh but yeah it's it's i don't know i that's why like even last year with all the nt basketball so like what does your say there for the patrick williams one this says the enclosed officially licensed material is not associated with any specific player game or event so like that's crazy to me yeah. Right. Like if you, the more you read that and you look at it, you're like, what does this mean? And I am telling you, I can get, I'm working on a flawless out of 10 gold 
it's horizontal, but it's player worn. And that'll go for a fraction. A PSA 10 on a thick stock card will go for a fraction of a jersey not associated with the player out of 99 because it's vertical and it's right, right. no treasures. But it's well, that, but, but like that statement doesn't even say it's player worn or anything. That's nope. like what Manny was saying, you know, like which I mean, I guess good for them. They're just printing money and they don't care. Uh, on a side note, not to be rude or change the subject, uh, my phone was just going like berserk. And Are you watching cards again? No, uh, Tua just got oh, shit. jacked and had like just a bit like again. You know, he thought he had a concussion last week. Right, he's like laying there, his fingers like over his head, like like I don't know, like seizing or shaking on the field. I'm trying not to be rude, but uh, no, I don't know. Wasn't that like a thing that they were going to look into because they said it was a back issue last week? Yeah, I mean, that was a back issue. That was yeah, exactly. Um, so like this he, might be like he uh, rolls over and like it's just. I'm about to put it his, on my phone. His, hand, his yeah, hands yeah. are like seizing up, or Jesus. that's horrible. No, What's the score? Uh, fourteen to twelve at the half. Bengals are up. Looks like okay. Teddy Bridgewater came in and got a touchdown right before the half. <clears throat> yeah, I was Where telling. Say, uh, I was telling Jeremy like the reason me and him are kind of starting to like Panini one, and because the reason is is because like you know those those what are they called spotlight uh, signatures uh, signature spotlight where they're actual moments in time. Like you have the Kawhi Leonard hit and right. the buzzer. That that means more to me than like a relic that's what not associated, but in right. the keeper. Like that's only a couple, like some of them are less than a thousand dollars. You got uh Luca with the playoff like buzzer beater, like that kind of stuff means more because it's a memory. And it, it just it's just a fine line of like <clears throat> buying what you like, right? Because if you're gonna hold it and keep it keep it in the PC, then that's cool. But if you're buying for an investment, just the way the hobby is, it's hard to buy that stuff and then yeah. think you're going to make money on it. You know what I mean? Especially when people, like we said earlier, they love those vertical RPAs. It just doesn't, like, I say it all the time, like people in the hobby, it's like they're snobs. Like even with the Bowman, right? If you're not familiar with Bowman, like people hate the greens, they hate the shimmer. Um Anything that's not a true, like uh, red, orange, gold, people don't like it and they won't buy it. It's weird. <laughs> even, even if it's like team match green, like say the green, they won't buy that either. Even No. I mean, someone will, but it doesn't get the premium that like a, blue, a true blue does or a gold that's does. That's great. That's, that makes no sense. Because like if it's a team match, right, you would think. You would think. Blue. That, yeah, you would think, man, that uh, that Tua thing did not look good at all. And that I saw a uh, TikTok. Um, I don't remember the player, but he was talking Sunday, like immediately after that game. He was saying that the concussion protocol is better now, but he's like, one of the questions they ask you is, what's today? Well, I'm wearing my pads and my helmet right there. It's fucking Sunday. I know it's Sunday. Yeah. So that he was like, so he was like, when I was playing, those are the gimme questions they were asking you because they want want you on the field. Yeah. It's a, you know, for the, it's a business, right. For, and people, I think this is one of those things that people know and understand with pro sports, but they don't want to admit it that it's a business. Mm -hmm. And those guys aren't um, human beings to those businesses, they're assets. And if those assets aren't doing what they want, they're not making money. 
So, um, and I give this example is <clears throat> Blake Bortles is a friend of mine. He played for the Jags. And I remember talking to one of the linemen and, uh, and he was like saying how he was tired of drinking these protein shakes. And I'm like, why do you got to drink these protein shakes? And he was like, well, I was underweight. They want me at this weight. So I have to drink this 2000 calorie shake like six times a day, whether I want to or not. And they're so, and, but it's like a fine science where they like test their urine to make sure they have enough vitamins and nutrients in it. They're checking his weight nonstop. Like, like you have to drink, the, like you can't leave today unless you drink these shakes and get to the weight you need to be. Well, dude, we were talking scary. about eating that ice cream. If anybody's ever done the protein shake thing, six of those bad boys. Oh my god! Yeah, that's that's now messed me and, up. And but yeah, but these aren't even like a regular put the powder in and shake. It's like a two thousand calorie like oh yeah added Oof. everything to it shake. He he, Blake is the best. I saw. Do you remember that interview he had with uh, that yeah. uh, lady in the hotel room? Hey, what do you do when you wake up? I pee. <laughs> oh like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I take a piss. Yeah, I take a piss. They, they asked, they asked him if, uh, what, what would you be doing if you weren't uh, playing professional football? And he's like, I don't know, probably construction, construction somewhere, ripping cigs and drinking Budweisers. So I, I've, I've told this story before. Um, <clears throat> so the year that Leonard Fournette was drafted, so the night of the draft, it's my daughter's birthday, and we're going out to dinner, and she's, I'm like, hey, you want anybody to come? And she's like you think it's cool if uncle Blake comes to dinner tonight? And I was like, Leilani, it's the draft tonight. If they draft Deshaun Watson, uncle Blake doesn't have a job anymore for the Jaguars. So I don't know if he's going to want to come out to dinner in the middle of the NFL draft. So I texted him like, Hey, Leilani wants you to come out for her birthday. You want to come out? And he's like, yeah, I'll be there. I'm like, okay. You know, and it's not, if you have any friends that are like, uh, sports athletes and it's not uncommon for them to be like i'll be there and then they don't show up right yeah. so he comes to dinner and like we're eating dinner everything's good leilani's happy we're having a good time but like as the night goes on you could start hearing the whispers of people that are like why is he out to dinner and, and like the, one of the most important nights of his career because if they draft a quarterback he doesn't have a job so does he not like want to watch and see what's going on and it's funny because i remember asking blake i'm like hey do they ask you guys like what you think the team needs or any input at all like oh it'd be great if we signed like a, a great receiver or drafted a tight end or and he was like no zero impact he's like if i walked in there and was like hey i think we should do that they'd be like hey go shut up and read the playbook like we don't need your input on what yep. the team needs and uh so you know it did get to a point where like he started noticing we all started noticing so he left but like but that's just the kind of guy he is like that you know a poor night of his career he's like no i'm gonna come have dinner with leilani because it's her birthday and that's what she wants so of course he didn't bring his wallet which is convenient but uh (laughs) yeah so that was the thing is like our our flow motion office um we had this great office with my buddy matt um he's a he had a production company and then we split an office space but we had like a we had ping pong tables and like a giant movie screen and all this stuff. And, and Blake's house was like right down the block. So he would come and then he'd be like, where's the beers? I'm like, I don't know why, where, where are the beers? Did you not bring the beers? Like what's going on? Like, why are we, we have to bring you beers to come hang out with us? Like <laughs> what's going on here? And he was like, he's like 10 years younger than me. So it was like easy to give him a hard time, but yeah, he's a good guy. Super good guy. Cheap ass Blake. I know. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the story where he bought a Tesla so he wouldn't go to the gas station to get dip. And then he was like, I still go to the gas station to get dip in my Tesla. I'm like, Jesus. Is he with Green Bay still? No, I don't think he signed with anyone this year. He was with Chicago and New Orleans. And then oh, he, yeah, yeah. 
he was supposed to stay on with New Orleans, but I think they cut him for somebody else. But like, if you look at his his, I think his history earnings, I think he made like sixty million in guarantees, so he's okay. Yeah, he's, I mean, he, he led him to the like championship game, AFC AFC championship. championship. Yeah, we yeah. got screwed. Miles Jack was down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he did. He did a good job. It it was one of those things that. Those couple of years with Blake, um, with Minshew, and then uh, who's the guy that won the Super Foles, right? Like, it didn't matter who the quarterback was for the Jags. If you couldn't move your feet and get out of the pocket, you were dead. So, like, if we would have signed Tom Brady, he'd be dead right now. Yeah. So, because Nick Foles, when we signed him, I was like, well, this isn't going to end well. First play that season, he got shattered his collarbone. Yes. <laughs> We're going to put a statue back here and see. Let's see if that works out. Right, right. Yeah. Can we just get a throwing machine back here? Maybe that works. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. The Jags, you know, they beat the Chargers last week, even though they had five pro bowlers out. But it was a big win for us as a franchise. So Wins a win. Wins yeah, good coaching, right? Right. Good coaching. Really good coaching. We play Philly this week, which I feel like no one's – no one thinks we have a chance. I feel like we do. I really want to go to the game because it's only three hours away, but Philly fans are the worst. Uh, and, yeah, Cousins uh, Collectibles, Jeremy. Tony and Oz. We were just on theirs and they're Philly hey, fans. Man, if anybody wants to come on and talk to me about it, they can, but Philly fans are the worst. Hey, they'll, they'll, they'll throw batteries at J.D. Drew. They will yeah. They will cheer when Michael Irvin breaks his neck. They'll boo Santa Claus. You know, that's that's well, for they'll, it. They'll throw up on cops that are rooting for the Yankees on purpose in the stands. That happened once. So that my wife's like, do you really want to go to Philly this weekend? And I was like, I do because if they win, it will be sweet. I will probably end up fighting someone. If they lose, it will suck, and I will probably end up fighting someone. So maybe you're right. We don't go. <laughs> hey, the one thing you've got going for you is you're six five, two hundred seventy five yeah. pounds. So automatically you, you get saved sometimes. Right, but liquid courage doesn't discourage anyone from doing anything. You're awesome. At six five, you're a target, right? You gotta be like I feel like my my brother in law is like six four, six five, and he says every time he goes out, it seems like someone messes with him because he's six four, six five. At at crowded sporting events when there's been a lot of drinking sometimes, I feel like people walk into me on purpose. Yeah. Which never ends well for them. But they that does happen quite a bit, mm-hmm. which I'm always surprised about because I'm like, well, it's either me or you that's moving, and I'm not moving. So <laughs> my wife's like five foot tall, maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet. So she's always behind me. So I'm like, I'm not moving because I'm making way for her. So mm-hmm. oh well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, we'll see. I also told my wife, um, surprisingly, I was like, hey, I kind of want to go to New York this weekend and see if Judge hits 62 because they're playing the Orioles. So the, the odds are really good that he's going to hit 62 sure. this weekend. And she was like, go ahead. And I was like, wait a minute, are you serious? She's like, yeah, go ahead. If you want to go this weekend, go. I'm not going. And, but again, I don't want to go by myself. Well, you got to get the home run ball. Well, you got to – what is it, Zach uh, Hampel? If he's there, you just push him off the way so he's some kid or oh, something. Oh, that's that's oh. an instant stiff arm to the forehead. <laughs> I can't believe that that freaking Blue Jays fan dropped that one last night. What a clown. Dude, you have the glove. You're right there. I tell you what, on the railing. I am die- if I have to fall over the railing to get that effing ball, I am, you know, I'm getting the ball and I'm suing them for, you know, putting me in danger. <laughs> That's my, my daughter was like, my daughter's like, why didn't they jump down? I was like, well, it was the bullpen where they're warming up, so I don't think they could. And it's pretty far drop, but she was like, who cares? 
Do you well, remember they- many years ago on Monday Night Football where it was like an extra point or a field goal and the guy stood over the tunnel and I think it was like Kevin Butler kicked the ball, went over the net, and he left to catch the football in the tunnel on an extra point and he got to keep the football. I think you do get to keep it if it goes over. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I think so too. What happens with uh, like so? If you were to go in the the, the, the bullpen, <laughs> you grab the ball. What are they? Oh, uh, you would. I mean, they. I think you'd get to keep the ball, but you would probably get um, banned from that stadium for life. That's okay. Yeah, small price to pay. Well, yeah. you know, I, I always think about that too, right? Unless you're like a famous person or like an Instagram model or something, they're never gonna know it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Like how you gonna, you're gonna like scan? You don't. They don't scan everyone's face. I could be banned for life, but good luck catching me. Well, and if you caught that ball, you probably would. Everyone would know you. You'd be like instant famous because your picture would be everywhere. Well, in, in the court of public opinion, every everybody's gonna back the common man, right? You would hope. You would hope that. I saw the other day the guy that caught Mark McGuire's uh, record ball. So he was willing to give it to Mark McGuire. So Mark McGuire was going to give him like a bat, a jersey, all signed. Um, I think it was like no money, right? And uh, the guy's only request was to meet Mark McGuire. Like, I, yes, I will accept that stuff in a trade, but I just – I would like to meet Mark McGuire. I don't know if he was a Cardinals fan or not. Mark McGuire was like, no. What a piece of shit. <laughs> he said no. And then the guy sold the ball for $3 million. So yes. I was like, good, good for him. Mike Dan, I wonder Mark what McGuire. that judge what, what there was a bounty out like every auction house had a so bounty on that. The ball, next right? the next ball I saw someone offer two million for it already. The 62 ball. And it's funny because the Mar- the Mar- Maris family was saying that Aaron Judge, if he hits 62, he should be considered the single season record holder because the other guys all did steroids. But like that's a tough one because everyone was doing steroids. It wasn't just Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, it was the pitchers too. So like uh yeah. It is what it is. Do you think the ball, balls are kind of juiced to this year? Uh, no. I, so that's the funny thing is I, I was, someone was talking about that today too, is that they said the balls are not juiced this year, but Aaron Judge is smacking the shit out of it. So yeah. it's like, if it's not, then he just must be one of the greatest players of all time. Well, at least for a season. Um, well, he, he's always been that good. He's just been hurt, right? This is he's, like been, he's-, he's been hurt and he can never hit the slider. I'm a Yankees fan. So like he pissed me off a lot for a couple of years. Like, I'm like, what is he doing up there? Like, and, uh, What's crazy though is that a lot of people think Otani's the MVP still, regardless of what he's doing on offense. So. No, I don't agree. I'm a, so I'm opposite. My wife's a Yankees fan. She's a big Derek. I'm a Red Sox because no Mark Garcia. Oh, uh, yeah, you're a Red Sox fan. <laughs> it was I, I, when I was growing up. I was like, man, this guy's cool. He's going in the box, tightening his gloves. <laughs> he was like the rival to Derek Jeter type, where everyone loved Derek Jeter. I like the curse kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Aaron Judge deserves the MVP. He's killing it this year. No one's seen this before. I think – is he is he still capable of winning the Triple Crown? I know he went on a he's, – He's leading. He's leading still. I think he's tied with the other guy. I don't know how that math works, but he's still okay. number one in batting averages. I got a, I got a kind of a cool Red Sox story. Um, so, do you remember the year that they clinched playoffs and Papelbon picked up third base and threw it into the stands? So I was in Maine doing this training and one of the guys I was with was like, Hey, we should go to the Red Sox game tonight. And I was like, Oh, that'd be cool. Cause if they clinch to get in the playoffs and he was like, yeah, I was stationed in Boston. I know where all the players go afterwards. 
I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I go to the game. Papelbon literally throws third base right in front of me. I was standing right there in the outfield. <laughs> and uh, afterwards, we go to this bar. And in this bar downstairs is like a club. So we go down there and the bar and the bouncer's like, no, nah, this is players only this and that. I'm like, is there a manager I can talk to? So the manager comes and I'm like, Hey man, like we're active duty. We're here for training. We're only here one night. Mm-hmm. Could we just go in there and hang out for a little bit? And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. Go ahead. So there's like five of us. We go in there. It was every like Red Sox player on the team. They were the bartenders serving the drinks to each other and just, going crazy and we were just in there with them um god who's the pitcher at the time he was like the marlins pitcher and then he pitched for the red sox so beckett was in there everybody mini horse it was like his rookie year he was in there um we were like we were just wasted with the red sox players as they were celebrating clinching the playoffs it was crazy and uh the crazy the crazier thing was that like one or two in the morning they're like hey guys it's time to go and i was like there's still a ton of people in here and the, and the manager was like there's only red sox players in here females and you clowns it's time for it's time for you guys to go and i was like oh oh i see what's going on here yeah yep right roger that we're leaving and we left but i was just like i cannot believe this shit just happens to me it's crazy that's awesome so but I yeah. will say at this moment, Luis Arias is batting 315, judges 313. Ah, uh, so he must have had a couple hits tonight then. Because yeah. I looked this morning, they're both at 313. Yeah, so and Xander's at 309. So yeah, I see, I don't know, Manny. Uh people are still saying that Otani is still having an all-time great season and he should win easily. Not even make the playoffs, though. Like they never do. Like what talk about a franchise wasting some talent. They have Mike Trout and Okay. I actually saw where uh, the Angels are probably going to have to trade Otani because they can't afford him. So, well, do you do you think Judge stays? Like they have these fans will riot if you don't sign Judge, right? Um, I think they'll be okay if we traded for Otani. Do you so, think that's what they would probably do? That so that's like one of those low grumbling rumors that I could see picking up traction in the off season. Um, but yeah, but. Judge wore a sweatshirt the other day that he wore a sweatshirt that said New York or nowhere. So I think that was a pretty bold statement that he wants to stay in New York. Um, he seems like a New York guy. He loves it. They love him. So I don't mm-hmm. see why he wouldn't stay, but you never know. I mean, good God, what's he going to command? $600 million if Julio Rodriguez, a rookie, got a $400 million contract. 40, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, I hope he has I mean, a good postseason. Nothing would suck more than like to him get uh, when, you know, Go like zero for sixteen and like the get like you know just knocked out. So I was I was purposely not bringing that up because the last few years in the postseason he's been hot garbage. Glaber's been the guy in the postseason coming through with the clutch hits. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I my wife already knows. As soon as World Series tickets going on sale, I'm buying two um, in hopes that they make it. So we'll see what happens. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's like I think I, we'll see what the price is. Last time we were in the playoffs and it looked like we we're gonna make it, it was like twelve hundred bucks for standing room only. So, I've seen your Instagram. I've seen your Instagram stories. You're you're fine. That's that's chump change for you. <laughs> I'll be going by myself. That's for damn sure. So, another Yankees Red Sox story, real quick. Uh, what that year that the Red Sox beat the shit out of the Yankees and. It's like a it's like a Jeopardy question. It's like, what's the worst playoff loss in baseball history? It was Yankees Red Sox. I don't remember the score, but I was there with my two sons that 
could give two shits about baseball. Ooh. I think we spent like two grand on tickets that night. Because it might have been a clinching game too. And my you know, and my oldest son was in town. And I was like, I'm going to the game tonight. My wife's like, Why don't you take the boys? I'm like, the boys don't give a shit about baseball. I'm not taking the boys. Like they want to go to the skate park and go surf and like hang out. I'm not taking them. And she's like, No, just make it a day because we live in Long Island. So she's like, make it a day, go to the city with them, and then go to the game tonight. And I'm like, it's gonna cost an arm and a leg. And she's like, it's worth it. You're hanging out with your sons. And I'm like, you don't understand. They don't care. <laughs> Which is like, it's worse. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, they didn't care. We got our ass beat. And I was like, we're leaving. And they're like, are you sure, dad? We'll stay. And I'm like, no, you guys don't give a fuck. I'm pissed off. Let's get the hell out <laughs> yeah. of here. In addition so, to being out two thousand dollars, I'm with two people who don't give a shit, and I'm in a rotten mood. We're just gonna go right. ahead. And- yeah. yeah, yeah. Can we get? To- I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Like, I, I remember I was pumped too. Like, I think I bought a jersey I didn't need and a hat at the game, and like gave them away. Like, I'm never wearing these again. <laughs> but like, <clears throat> I, I don't know if we talked about this, but like, my wife's been going to football games. Um, Florida Gator football games, high school football games, peewee, like every level of football, professional football. We've been to hundreds of football games. Our sons played. Last year, we're at a Jags game. And I shit you not, she looks at me and goes, I have no idea what's going on. I, that was awesome. I, 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 I think I spit beer everywhere and dropped like a hot dog and was like, I'm sorry. Please, ex- <laughs> please explain to me what you mean by you have no idea what's going on. Like, you don't know what play they're running because you're confused by the formation or like, she was like, I have no clue what's going on on the field. <laughs> Wait, like a, how did you, I heard you said you went to Florida state and you're a Florida guy. How is that? No, 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 no. I'm a Florida fan, not Florida oh, state. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You went to Florida state. No, I hope I didn't let that slip somewhere. <laughs> well, Florida Gators and Flo- like the Seminoles hate each other, right? Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's, that's our biggest rival. That's like Michigan, Michigan State up here. I used to always tell, like, kids that went to Florida State was because they couldn't get into any other school. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to get into Florida. I didn't go to Florida either, but it's hard to get into Florida. Miami's a private school. Florida State's like the default school that people go to. So they they can come after me if they want to. I don't care. And Winston, that's where Winston's stealing crab legs. I bet you love that story. I, th- I think it's interesting that that story happened so long ago and people are comparing it to the Brett Favre thing. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. I, I, don't, I don't think the Winston Crab thing got more media than the Brett Favre thing's getting now. Like, I don't know how who manufactured that storyline or idea, but that's false. I mean, Winston was an idiot, and he's actually super fun to listen to. I don't know if you see any of his yeah. speeches or interview. Like, I, it's great entertainment, and I think he's just being him, you know. But uh, yeah. the Brett Favre situation is pretty sad. I haven't looked into it too much, but it doesn't sound good. Mm-mm. But it also sounds like one of those things where he may or may not have done something illegal, but nothing's going to happen to him. So There's a lot of people underneath him. Or in between, like right, the money in him that have already gotten in trouble. Yeah, but anytime we'll you're a married man, you're trying to show your wang to a massage therapist, you know that works for the Jets. Uh, it kind of speaks to your character. <clears throat> I I swear I didn't set this podcast up to just tell you guys all these cool stories, but uh, <laughs> for years Brett Favre's Wikipedia photo was me and him. Wait, what? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So he. Awesome. Uh, well, I'm saying, they had this all over your boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. He's not my boy. But like they had a they had this Jets military appreciation practice, and I was like, 
the only reason I went was because Brett Favre was there. So being the genius I am, I didn't bring a Packers helmet. I brought a damn Jets helmet. But uh, it was one of the like you ever like you ever been to a signing like that where players are signing like a practice or something. I only wanted Brett Favre to sign this fucking helmet, yeah, and then really other players started to come like, "Oh, you want me to sign that?" And I didn't want to be like, "No." <laughs> so just it's like Brett Favre, and then like some linemen, running back, wide yeah. receivers. But uh, but yeah, so he took a picture with me because uh, this is actually kind of cool. He had a shirt, a white practice shirt on. Um, someone gave him a Navy or Coast Guard hat, and then he asked us to sign his shirt because he's like, "Man, I, I'd like to remember this day too. You guys sign my shirt and like what unit you're at." I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I took a picture with him. And then for whatever reason, that picture was me and him was his Wikipedia page was me and him at Jets practice. So someone changed it. But, yeah, that was a photo forever. Well, go back and put that as his picture. <laughs> I should, actually. I didn't think about that. That would have been a cool yeah. fucking bar bet to win some money from somebody. Yeah. 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 Sucks. I have, like, <clears throat> I really liked Brett Favre, too, as a kid. And uh, I don't know. The helmet's just in a box somewhere. I should sell it to a Jets fan. Maybe somebody wants it. I take it back. Don't put it at your wiki, like his Wikipedia picture right now. No, no, not now. People are like reverse searching the photo to see who I am. Like, who's this guy? He's got to be involved. I'm sure somebody's clever. They can get the picture. They can just clip just like two seconds of what we were talking about. And it's like breaking wax is laundering money and making <laughs> from the welfare people to build yeah. like, you know, his business. Who's this guy? Yeah. Who's this guy involved with Brett Favre? Can't yeah. Flow motion is actually funded by this. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I mean, we're talking millions of dollars. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, when when you get into money like that, people get squirrely. Yeah, but, and so, but that also brings back to you. Think they'd be smarter about it. And how does Brett Favre have more influence than the? Was it the governor or something? Yeah. Like the governor wasn't like, hmm, it's probably not a good idea to use government funds to back his private gym. I, I, I often that, like sometimes I don't think it's smarts or intelligence. I think it's like. And I think anybody who went to a school observed this. Like, if you were a, a football player in our school, rules didn't apply to you. You could miss class. You got to come in late on game day. You got to leave early. And when you live a life of being the man and shortcuts and, you know, exceptions are made for you, I almost wonder if it's like a boldness or like you just have an audacity where it's like nothing's going to happen, so I don't even care. So I, I, was, uh, I was okay at basketball. And uh, I played varsity as a freshman. Um, I also like won um, like bodyboarding world, like not world national championships. And I was sponsored and like traveled for like bodyboarding and stuff. And uh, <clears throat> so I, I experienced a little bit of that at my high school. I remember I had this, uh, I think it was a typing class and I didn't go to a single class. And the teacher was like, it's okay. We'll see you on Friday night. And I was like, oh, okay. And then the report card came and I was stressing, I had A's. So it was like, yeah, I didn't go to that class, not but maybe the first day, and that was it. So stuff like that happens like a lot. So I think you're 100 percent right. Even um, I don't tell this story often, but like <clears throat> I was drinking and driving, teenager, driving home, and I got pulled over, and uh, a cop pulls me over, and he's like, "Hey, I recognize you." I was like, "No, you don't." And he's like, "Yeah, dude." He's like, "Weren't you on the cover of the newspaper?" I'm like, uh, "Yeah, that was me, actually." He's like, "Where are you going?" I'm like, "I'm going home." He's like, I'll follow you home and make sure you get home. And then that was the end of it. So I I think you're right. But I, I think just nowadays, though, um, there's Uber. There's all kinds of stuff that these guys don't have to put themselves in these situations. And, like, 
the Brett Favre thing is just mind blowing. It's it's not like a couple thousand dollars. It's millions. Like you would I, think I, someone would be like, "Hey, man, yeah, you, I, I know I, you're Brett Favre, but I have an idea for you. It's gonna be like the breaking wax. It could be like a season finale pod where it's like an episode on all the things that you've never done or the people that you don't know, and it's gonna be like a two minute episode. <laughs> Dude, so I'll be I'll, I'll I am writing two books. Um, one's like a leadership book. And the other one is just about all these short stories of these things that have happened to me throughout my life. So that'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, because I've had a, I've had an interesting military career too. Um, but yeah, that's a whole nother episode, I, I guess you could say. So I met Jeremy, you know, a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> it makes for a good story, but it's like how you know how many times can I tell the same story? So yeah, but yeah, um, golly. People are just dumb. I don't know. That's like, uh, you know, the Coast Guard, we, we have this sticker you can buy, and it's like um, support, search, and rescue, get lost. And it's because it's true. Like, people are really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I don't know how else to put it. Like, uh, I was stationed in the Keys, and you'd see guys buy million-dollar boats and never even driven a boat before, and they're, like, thinking they're going to go offshore in a, in a boat, and they don't even know how to drive one. It's insane. I believe it. Well, didn't didn't Jeremy buy a motorcycle? I didn't know yeah, I, I, I bought a Harley, and I, I never <laughs> rode before in my life. Well, how'd you, did you have him deliver it? I, well, I, it stayed there, and then I did like the Harley driving course, right? And, so you're uh, responsible. Yeah, but I mean, like, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Who who comes out of pocket ten thousand dollars to buy a bike? And now, mind you, I'm wearing like baggy shorts, a pair of Jordans, a backwards hat, like maybe a chain. And the guy's like, hey, uh, you, want to the cool, you want to know the coolest thing about buying a Harley? I'm like, yeah, what is it? And I've already, I'm like, I'm buying the thing cash. Like, I'm, yeah. He's like, you're not just buying a bike. You're buying a lifestyle. And I was like, bro, I'm like, you're not going to touch me in leathers. I'm not wearing the Harley t-shirt, all that stuff. But yeah, so if I would do it with a $10,000 bike, if I had money, I would probably be an idiot. Be like, yeah, I'm going to buy a boat. But <laughs> a big one. All the boat. What did uh what Harley did you buy? A Dyna Superglide. Oh, so you bought a big bike. Yeah. Jeremy, you gotta tell him about the story about the bar. <laughs> the, the bikers. All right, yeah. <laughs> look at his face. I'm gonna make this short. So it was me in court, and I got to the point where the Harley driving course scared the shit out of me because it was like everybody's trying to kill you, everything will kill you. Nothing is fun. Because it's true. And, and, you know, so then you watch and you become acutely aware of everybody on their cell phones, everybody not paying attention, and you're just in defense mode. I like, you know, like they, they always talk about, uh, you know, how mo mother's intuition, mm -hmm. like I think it for fathers too, I go anywhere with my family and I'm like, just like, everybody's a fucking predator. Yeah. Everybody's out to get me. I will maul everybody if they even look at my family. So that became writing like that just became like not enjoyable. So we found that going out like on Sunday mornings out into the country was like the best time. Right. Like really the best time. So I had never drank and rode just because like, that's not for me. So we stopped at this bar that was legitimately 20, 30 yards from our condo. We lived in a condo and it actually connected on the back where you could go through. Well, we stopped in and we had like, you know, a couple of beers and we were getting ready and we were just going to walk back through. Well, I parked my bike wrong and it was a biker bar. And there was like 30, 40, 50, all wearing matching leathers, mm -hmm. all this stuff. Well, I didn't realize I 
parked my bike wrong and I was in their way and they were not at all happy. Mind you, this is like Sunday. I'm like 10, 11 o'clock. It's like a fall day. So I could easily make the left, but I was like, I was scared. Like I'm not trying to get my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I duck walk the bike out and I go legitimately 15 minutes out of my way to do a giant circle, but end up like to be just on the other side of the bar. You ever dropped that bike? I did not. I dropped many a bike though, making the 90 degree turn uh, during the Harley course, because it's like the bike goes where your eyes are. Yep. You know, yep. so <clears throat> my dad's got, I think the same bike, one of, one of his bikes, it's the big, like the big one. And mm-hmm. uh, he dropped it <clears throat> at a red light. And he said it was like the most, and he's been riding bikes his whole life. And he was like, I couldn't pick it up. He's like, four guys had to come help me pick yeah. it up and put it on its side. And I was just like, holy shit. So, I mean, they're tanks, but still, like you said, like anything will kill you on a motorcycle. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, we, we, we had a, I had a friend of mine, him and his wife used to ride all the time and she hit some gravel going around, like broke her hip, broke her leg. And, uh, yep. I don't, I I, like once in a while I miss it because truly like you have to pay attention to what's going on. So for somebody like me who struggles to sleep or disconnect from the task at hand, like that, but knowing that you could just die at any moment or lose a leg or limb like that. I, I lost interest in that. Yeah. I, t- I wouldn't mind getting a bike when we move back to Florida, but I, like my dad, my dad's like 60 and him and his friends still do, uh, they'll go to Daytona, they'll ride to the keys and then come up the West side of Florida. They go to Sturgis. They like ship their bikes out, do Sturgis ride for like two weeks straight. Like, it's crazy. I'm like, you guys aren't tired of this shit yet? And they're like, no, it's awesome. And I'm like, I guess. They're, it's like being like teenagers again, I guess, except for now they have money and can do whatever they want. So, Quick Sturgis, like this short story. A childhood friend of mine, his stepdad, he rode and they went up to Sturgis and like, I think he had like like a, like maybe a Honda or like a low level, like just desperately wanted to live that lifestyle. Right. So he came back and he's like, I got a Sturgis tattoo across his back and he took off his shirt and my buddy was like what the fuck is studges oh no they they got liquored up they forgot the r so it was like the old english across right with the studges (laughs) did he ever get it fixed uh, I don't think so. I think he probably shot his wad just to get that tattoo done. So. Probably out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I, I would own it. I'd be like, hell yeah, man. I, I would come up with a cool story why I didn't have the R, or I'd just be like, I'm that much of an idiot. <laughs> I didn't double check. Misspelled bullseye. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is what it is. It happens, I guess. Well, man, I, we've been on for two hours. I, I don't know where the time went. Um <laughs> I, you know, the pod that you did with Courtney was like the longest one I did. Now this one's even longer. Um, it was fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I don't, we didn't have any topics to cover or discuss. Is there anything you guys wanted to touch on? Um, is there anybody you guys wanted to shout out or anything before we sign off? Manuel? Uh, just excited about your app that's coming out. I know it's kind of your yours, so it's on your own podcast, but... Yeah, I am excited about that coming out. To it's not. Honest. It's not mine. It's Bobby and well, yeah, uh, yeah. Bobby and and Brandon's uh, slab exchange. I'm I'm trying to find my way into it. Um, so <laughs> if you're listening, let him in. <laughs> He's like, no, yeah, I, I, I I tell him all the time, like whatever help you guys need. Um, 
let me know and I'm, I'm more than willing to help with anything um that's the thing like for me with the podcast i don't think i'll ever take any money from sponsors personally just because i want to be able to say what i want and i don't want anyone to think that my thoughts or opinions are influenced by anything but if it's a friend or somebody i know that i have no problem plugging something like that i believe in or i care about you know what i mean so <clears throat> but like i like your idea like we we're talking about before and like plugging other podcasts and stuff so like i said i, I will subscribe to your guys to start listening to it um and then that way if i hear things that i think are great or good then i can start moving people that way too you know what i mean so yeah no we we appreciate you having us on we love the open forum you know our, our thing for our pod is just sports cards levity and same thing we do it as a hobby if we could monetize it one day where it made sense, where we could still be our authentic selves and say what we want, great. If not, like that's not the motivation behind it. And so right. same. You know, anything we can do to support, you know, yep. people that we believe in in the hobby, we're all about it. We expect nothing in return and just, you know, continue to grow it. So yeah, I would just say if you're interested, if you liked what you heard, Too Thick Pod, and we appreciate you having us on. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good night. I'm going to try to tune into this game and see what happened to Tua. Yeah. All right. I I'll let you know when I uh, publish this as well. Sounds good. You're gonna edit it, right? Yep. All of it. <laughs> Have a good night. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Break of Wax podcast. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it. Um, send the link out. Put it on your story. I welcome all feedback and comments. Send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking about, what you want to talk about. And if you want to be a guest on the show, I answer all my DMs. I think it's weird when people don't. That's another story for another day. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate the support and all the love. Peace.